fucking wizards never die. Yeah, you know who we are. Hey, we back. Motherfucker 2008. Motherfucking wizards never die. Walking on that wizard weed all day, all night. Stay hot, that's why wizards ain't gonna die. Just try and step up to this wizard. Oh, you ain't heard, don't fuck with this wizard. I'm a force to be reckoned with. Motherfucker, bow down, you should second this. I'm bulletproof. Step up to me, take aim and cock it. Pull the trigger, now watch, I just smile and block it. What the fuck can you do to kill me? Ha! I got my spells to heal me. Go ahead, roll up with your gats are blasting. I'll blast back and kill while the joint's still passing. I'm from the streets, bitch, you know where I've been. Always sipping potion with that juice and gin. I'm out, motherfucker. It's time to fly because motherfucking wizards never die. We don't die, we don't die, we don't die, we don't die. We stay high because motherfucking wizards never die. We don't die, we don't die, we don't die, we don't die. We stay high because motherfucking wizards. Episode 46. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Where were you on that one, man? I'm not used to going that quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, you be quiet until I introduce you, okay? Thank you, sir. All right. Um, I did want to let everybody know that Jay is not going to be on the show this week, and I don't, I don't know if he is going to come back. Uh, he's got some personal things going on right now. Um, I'm holding out hope that he's going to come back. I know Jake is holding out hope that he's going to come back, and we're going to keep his seat warm. Yeah, for sure. You know, that HBO show, The Leftovers, is more and more looking like a ripoff of us where people just mysteriously disappear and we don't know why, right? Is that the premise of it? <laughs> yeah, yes. Really? That is the premise of the HBO show Leftovers. I was talking to Aaron Claude Miller in a chat. Uh, he's one of our listeners. I was, and he does the podcast Nerd Porn. It's a video game podcast. But we were talking in a chat on Facebook, and he's like, Hey, have you seen the have you seen the trailers? Have you heard of the show called The Leftovers? And I said, Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. And uh then I said to him, I was like, I think we should act like we watched it and review it on the show and just toss it. <laughs> just because it's called The Leftovers. That's funny. Last time I was on Twitter, it, it popped up saying Pop Culture Leftovers follows The Leftovers, and it made me chuckle. Yeah, I think I did follow them just I was because like, of the name. Of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> they should follow us. They should follow us. Yeah, they should. We've inspired so much, so many of their storylines already, apparently. Yeah, but um, I'm hoping Jay, uh, Jay comes back. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've all taken time off. I've taken time off. You took time off. Yeah, we all have. We've all taken time. Shit, I took like three fucking months off. <laughs> so look at this guy. He can't say shit until I say something. I love it. <laughs> that I is love funny. It. It's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, Jay does come back. Jay, we miss you. The show's not the same without you. I mean, Jay, Jake, myself, we're the Trinity. We're where it started. And, uh, you know, it, it needs to be that before we're like, you know, I don't know. We're not hitting on all cylinders if Jay's not here. Yeah, Jay's the Wonder Woman of the Trinity. We're really going to miss him, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Gosh. I miss seeing the, the Lasso of Truth and, uh, he did wear that tiara. Yeah, yeah. Every episode, so. No, I think Jay, Jay gets to be the Batman. I think I'm the one who gets screwed into being the Wonder Woman. Jay here. is definitely, <laughs> definitely Batman. I wouldn't call myself Superman though. I don't know. Superboy? Yeah. yeah. I'd rather be Wonder Woman than, than the Superman from the Man of Steel. <laughs> ah, come on. Can we let that die? Jeez. No, but guys, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the army. I want Jay to come back and I want you guys to show him your love and support, you know, cause he's going through a hard time right now. So I'm asking you, actually I'm begging you and I don't beg. So I don't beg anybody, but I'm begging you to send Jay an email, jason at popcultureleftovers.com. And uh, I'll make sure that he gets these in the next few weeks because I don't even know if he's going to listen to the episodes. I mean, he's got a lot of shit going on right now. Yeah, tell him how much you miss him. Tell tell him how much you'd want him to come back. Right. He would love to hear that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But Jason's not here. But we do have somebody here who's been, like, biting their lips. Like, he didn't know how it worked. Like, we like we started an episode one time, and he just jumped right in like he was a fucking leftover. He thought he was running the place. That's rude. It is fucking rude. <laughs> it is rude. He's over anxious. He needs to just settle down, dude. We're just talking. It's just just guys talking. No, no obscene gestures. <laughs> yes. You don't need to do that shit. Come on. But you know, Frank Hammer's here with us in studio. Frank, you can talk now. I'm taking the muzzle off. Sweet. Hello. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> I think I heard his feelings. Like nobody knows how to take me. I was waiting for the hammer time cue the whole time. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. All like right, it. all right. It's all good. Welcome back, Frank. How's it been? How you been? Good. Busy. Uh, just trying to keep up with stuff as best I can. Looking at uh, internet stuff, kind of. Lots of big news heading up to uh, E3 next week. So okay, I'm glad you're saying it. You know, when you said internet stuff, I was a little worried that maybe no, not you know, porn. Nope, nope. Some of the uh, blue waffle. Well, <laughs> is there ever porn news? I have no idea. Right. There, there is the Playboy channel, so I'm sure there is like, I don't know. They, do they really cover porn though? Yeah, I yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't know what a big porn news story is. Maybe just deaths. I'd like to hear some of the names of like the porn anchormen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure one of their names actually is Anchorman. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so... My cousin, his first name's Richard, like Dick Hammer. Yeah. So uh, we That's had a horrible. We had a boss. <laughs> he said that uh, if he was a porn star, his name should be Swinging Meat. Uh, <laughs> you always just make everything inappropriate, don't you? Yeah. If your name's already <laughs> Dick Hammer, you don't need a porn name. Your name's Dick Hammer. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I want to take a second here to congratulate congratulate a listener and a member of the Leftover Army. His name is Adam Cornett. Uh, for graduating high school from Boyd County High Schools. Uh, he's our listener. I made a joke a few weeks on the show that he was the guy hiding in the bushes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, but I'm hoping like when they called his name, 
on the stage that he actually popped out of the bushes and then and then received his diploma. That would have been the shit. Snuck so. away in a garbage can or like a box. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Just being incognito. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. That's like some solid snake sneaker yeah, yeah, shit there. Exactly, exactly. I went Metal Gear with it. <laughs> I don't know if I even want – I want to read this next email, but you've already bashed part of it, Jake. How so? Okay. Man of Steel, here we go. Jake Johnston sends uh, sends us an email. He says, uh, just got finished watching Man of Steel again, and I'm looking forward to Batman Superman more than ever. I have a possibly stupid question slash comment that you may have covered. At the end of the movie, when Clark is going to the Daily Planet, should I believe that Perry White, the intern – Lois and Steve know Clark's true identity, or should I believe they accept Lois that they don't? I don't believe it's an important part of the film or the next one for that matter, or should I? I mean, this is something that people have talked about. I've heard people talk about this. Whether or not they know it's Clark. Exactly. Like, we know that Lois knows, but like when Perry introduced Clark at the end of the film, you know, and then you've got Jenny, the, the intern, um, is, do they know? Yeah. What's your opinion? Maybe they do. Maybe Batman's going to beat that information out of him. I don't uh, – I, <laughs> I mean, How I, is that going to come into play? That's a disturbing scene. Bat, <laughs> Batman beating the shit out of Perry White. Listen, Jenny the intern. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you've got the information. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think Perry White's a sharp guy, dude. I think it was kind of like him introducing Clark to Lois. It was kind of just like a wink like, hey, we know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he knew. He's a sharp guy. I mean, it's fucking Lawrence Fishburne, for crying out loud. Jenny, on the other hand, I don't know. She could be an idiot. <laughs> but I know Perry White, he's got to be He's got to be in the know. Jenny, the intern's the one who's going to squeal. <laughs> Perry White would never squeal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't play it off like he knew, so, I mean, it might be like a little cut reveal. They didn't, they, they didn't play it off like he didn't know either. Right. That's he, the thing. I, but I think he knows. I mean, come on. He... He has to. He, he they watched him kiss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do think that. Don't you think that in one of the ways, one of the ways that Batman is going to v Superman is by finding out who he is. Aren't we going to see that? Oh yeah, but we're going to see Superman seeing who he is first. Oh, and that's he, just going to infuriate him because he's got the X-ray vision. He can see right through. Gotcha. Oh, you're you're fucking you're you're Bruce Wayne. You think billionaire? And, gotcha. Yeah. And he would know who that is. He's a big enough and figure. Then that's when I want to see some fucking uh, detective shit from Batman. Who do you think first blow is going to be in that? Who do you think is going to strike first? <sighs> Who's going to V first? If, <laughs> if, if they're smart, if, if Snyder's smart, Batman's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I you think know? that's like the biggest question to me for some reason. Have you heard the theory at the end of the movie when Superman is wearing the cape – that the theory is he's not wearing the cape to show that he is going to be Superman. He's showing the cape. He's wearing the cape uh, at the end of the movie with the ki- when he's a kid. Yeah, I should. He's by the clothing clothesline and all that stuff, and he's a little kid and he's wearing the cape. He's not wearing it because he's like thinking of himself as a superhero, but he's doing it to emulate Batman, who's been in the game. For so many years doing this in Gotham. Oh, that's interesting. Have you ever heard that theory before? Yeah, yeah. that would make sense with the age that they're going to have Bruce Wayne be in the V movie. Right, yeah. right. So I've heard that theory. So it might be interesting to kind of throw that into the film that like Superman is kind of like maybe had a lot of respect for this guy and what he's done in Gotham. 
Yeah, right. kind of like how Agent Coulson was with Captain America maybe a little right. bit. Right. A lot of people thought that Agent Coulson was the little boy in Captain America at the end of the movie that oh. asked for like the autograph. Yeah. That he was that little boy. That he just uh, maybe, you know what I mean? Because of the way he died and it kind of he came back and all this shit. That seems like like really loose to me, but I like the idea. Well, it comes into play because later on he's got those vintage cards. Yeah. So a lot of people thought that he actually bought them at the time they came out when he was a little boy. Oh, jeez, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be too far of a stretch. Yeah. But then again, it's a lot of storytelling for a two-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, retcon. Exactly. <laughs> um, on a side note, some new news that came out about Batman v Superman <laughs> Dawn of Justice, which we all tossed the title. Um Nobody got to hear that, though. Yeah, no one did get to yeah, hear that. But, I, I made John toss the title. Yeah. He was going to taste it. He tasted it, and then you, like, said, come on. <laughs> he, he he tasted it and then said five horrible things about it. And yeah. I was like, come on, man. You can't taste it and then have nothing good to say about it. It's Why even call it Batman v Superman if at the end you give away what's going to happen? Yeah, Dawn man. of Justice. It's ridiculous. Right. Just get rid of the V. Yeah. Just Batman, Superman, Why don't Dawn, you just Dawn call Justice. it We Fight a Lot? But we make up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. It's terrible. It was real fresh on me the last time, and I think I did taste it, but I, I'm glad nobody did get to hear that because it, it sucks now. Yeah. Yeah. As time has gone by, I just I don't like hearing it. Uh, BatmanNews.com says that a source tells them that there are scenes being shot inside LexCorp right now, and the company is being described as young and edgy. Think of it as a .com or Google-type workplace. It's a smart company with stylish vibe, a youthful clash of rock and roll, preppy, and nerdy employees, hipsters. <laughs> Are they making the social network? Or? Exactly. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg is attached. Yeah. Lex Luthor. I was thinking the same thing when I read this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, guys. I mean, we get great costume, horrible title, fucked up LexCorp. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. It's like, I don't know where they're going with this. This movie's going to be a train wreck, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, okay, okay. So, is it more... Now, are you excited because you think it's going to be a train wreck? <laughs> I'm excited because I think it's going to be a train wreck. I, I, I just want to see those cabooses hitting each other <laughs> and blowing the fuck up. Okay, so, are you more excited to see this? Then Captain America 3 coming out the same day because of the fact that it's going to be a fucking train wreck in your opinion? Oh, wow, that's <laughs> that's a loaded question. That is a loaded question. <laughs> I, God, in some way I am more excited to see this giant train wreck than I am Captain America 3. It's going to be a huge train wreck, man. What do you think, Frank? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, oh, thank, I, I, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you for that well-formulated opinion. All right. right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I know. Think? I get you. Uh, I, I'm going to be more excited to see Batman Superman. I really thought that uh, Days of Futures Past was going to blow, and it completely proved me wrong. It could happen. I know we're talking different studio, different director and all that, but yeah. – Never say never, I suppose. I can't compare these two no. at all. It's still Zack Snyder. Yeah. And, I mean, Singer had, like, how many years to, like, catch up with shit? 
yeah. you know, and do a movie, right? And he had Kingsbird writing this one. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not saying I tossed Man of Steel. I, I gave it a Tupperware. I loved it. I highly enjoyed it. I think there's different iterations of Superman. They showed a different one. And I think now we're going to get... But th- that's what I'm worried about is if I'm wrong. Because, like, I have said that I think that the second movie is going to have a more fun tone. But you know what? I think I am fucking wrong because we still have uh, Goyer behind this. Yeah, we still do. I really think one of these days, one of these days, maybe 20 plus years from now, you're going to retcon that Man of Steel rating. We'll see. Down to a taste it, at we'll least. See. I, I, know for, and I know for a fact that I will always hold the original Superman movie near and dear to my heart, even though there's some stupid bullshit in those movies. For sure. Hi, I'm going to kiss a, kiss you and make you forget. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the whole fucking flying around, who am I? <laughs> who am I and then she reads off her poem here we are fl- flying like birds or something dude it was so lame it was so lame and what else I mean I don't know the, it, those movies aren't in my top 10 comic book movies either oh they though. aren't they aren't they are not in my yeah. top 10 they're not in my top 10 either but um I don't know, man. It's nostalgia that yeah. we, we look back on that. And, you know, I'm not quite old enough to have Superman 1 really hit me like that, where it was the, the first special effects I saw where a man could fly. I, I'm not – I'm about five years not old enough for – you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, I mean, okay, think about it this way. I remember when it came out – I don't remember when it came out, but it came out in 78, the year I was born. Me too. So the thing is, like, it was from 78 until – 89 when we got keaton's batman that was it man yeah that's right. what you're watching so like it it stood the test of time for those i don't know fucking 11 years that's true that's yeah. true it, it still didn't hit me like that though sorry frank no it's okay when i was a kid i don't remember paying attention or giving a shit about lois telling her poem i i was just amazed about seeing a guy on screen flying i mean the special effects back then we're talking like Night Rider. No, that's what that's, you just made my point. Okay, like my whole point is nostalgia. Right. Like it holds up because of nostalgia. Like, like now that I'm an adult, though, and I see them floating around and like uh, her whispering poems in her head and shit, I think it's kind of corny. Well, yeah. right. But I, I mean, Christopher Reeve, I I still think he's the absolute best Superman. I agree that he's better than Cavill. That's just Superman for me. Christopher Reeve, yeah, is Superman so far. And, I mean, looking back, I mean, and it's been years since I've seen any of those. And I don't really remember a whole lot about the plot and stuff, but I just remember Christopher Reeve. I watch Superman 1 and 2 at least once a year. Yeah. I remember how terrible Superman 4 is, and I probably haven't seen that movie in 20 years. The Quest for Peace? Nuclear Man. Should have been the quest for a fucking new screenplay, because it was fucking, it was a, it was a pile of shit, man. It it was a nightmare. Gosh. Yeah, Nuclear Man. Nuclear Man. They fight on the moon, and he like hammer blows him into the fucking moon, and he's like buried there for a while. Was it that movie, or was it Superman 3, where Superman fought himself? That's Superman 3, I that believe. That was a cool – that was the only po- cool part of that movie, yeah, honestly. Yeah, Richard Pryor hams it up yeah, in that one. Yeah. Well, he was a hot name at the time, but I still don't know what they were thinking, man. No. Make him a make him a villain. Do something with him. Right. They just kind of shoehorned him in there as a comic relief, like exactly. scientist character. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's uh, – all right. Uh, you guys got about 10 minutes because I'm going to read a Cameron Wilson email. Yeah, let's do it. Man. I love Cameron. Um Actually, I hadn't. He hadn't written an email in a while, so I contacted him. I'm like, dude, what's up? He goes, Hey, hey, how's it going? Well, I didn't. Get, I didn't see Godzilla, but I listened to the Godzilla Podzilla, so I didn't have any input on that movie. 
The episode was fun, though. It got heated a couple of times between you and Jay, which is funny because I would be the same way on the show with some of my, of my opinions, I feel. I did see Days of Future Past. Tupperware the hell out of it. I believe when I first wrote in, I said I was excited for all the comic-related movies coming up except Days of Future Past. Well, I'm eating crow on this one. Thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of it. Guardians has its work cut out for it if it wants to top this. This one also scares me. As I've said, I'm a DC guy, and now every studio has had a really good movie except DC. (laughs) Marvel nailed it with Cap and the Avengers. Sony nailed it with Amazing Spider-Man 2, in his opinion. Now Days of Future Past nails it. It scares me because I'm afraid everyone is leaving DC properties further and further behind. Tupperware the Batsuit, though. Tasting the Batmobile. Tossing the fact that Jesse Eisenberg says that he's going to do his own thing with Lex Luthor in the same article where he says he never read much of the source material. That scares me. I personally like Lex and don't want him changed. I think we all agree there. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that casting, so we'll have to see. I'm rewatching all the Star Wars movies for the first time since the prequels were in theaters because of you guys. Yay. That way, I can keep up with all of your Star Wars talk, considering I haven't seen them in so long. I was young and didn't remember a ton, especially from the prequels, so that's exciting. Looking forward to the news, uh, the news episode this week. It has been a while since I've written in. Just didn't want you to feel obligated to read my long-winded emails every single episode. He calls me out every time because I told I told everybody that he has long-winded emails, and he calls me out every week on this shit. <laughs> Cameron, it has been a while since I. Oh, yeah, I just read that. I'm not I'm not as entertaining as you guys. LOL. At least to me, I'm not. LOL. Anyways, I've been enjoying the Georgia outdoors more lately. Mountain biking, walking my dog, running, etc. All the stuff I didn't do when it was cold. Plus, the NBA playoffs are on, and I'm a huge basketball fan. Been watching basketball games almost every night for weeks now. I'm a huge basketball fan, too, and I'm just a little upset that my Bulls didn't go farther. But, you know, shit happens. Like Derrick Rose getting hurt every damn season. (laughs) Oh, and I Tupperware the Arrow finale, too. What do you guys think? That's if you're caught up to the end. I'm tasting the Flash teaser with hopes that it will be close to as good as Arrow, and even though I'm biased because Georgia is my fave. Um, I, did, I haven't watched the Arrow finale yet. I have it, I have it uh, recorded. I'm just like halfway through that season, so I still need to get caught up. Doing this show, I have to watch so fucking much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's one of those things. Now that there's less on TV, I'm definitely going to have time to watch it. So, But I, I, I Tupperware the fucking Flash teaser. Yeah, I- I'll, I'm gonna watch the Flash. I, you know, I didn't jump on the Arrow train, but I think I'll watch at least the pilot of Flash to see what I think of it. Yeah, just because of nostalgia for the original Flash TV show. I think more than anything. Absolutely. What do you think? I mean, should they should they have the Flash in the Justice League as and 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 make him Barry Allen, or do you think that they should just be like, let's separate this from the TV show? And there is a spider coming down here. Oh shit! They <laughs> should they should separate it. You think it should be Wally West, maybe? There's another one, look. Yeah. Arachnophobia. I mean, if we can have two Quicksilvers, why can't we have two Barry Allens? That's true. That's true. But, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they actually put uh, Stephen Amell in the Justice League. Yeah. I, I don't think they will either. I think just like Smallville gets doesn't the movies don't pertain to it. I think right. this stuff won't pertain to that either. Yeah, but can you like all the Arrow fans if they did throw Stephen Amell in there? Yeah, that would bring out the crowd in droves. But 
I mean, then they got to worry about this whole thing that Marvel does with S.H.I.E.L.D. and their movies and make sure everything ties in. I think maybe that had a lot to do with, like, why Edgar Wright left the Ant-Man film. Maybe he had incorporated a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. in there, and now that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s dismantled, it didn't work in the story. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I, you think time will tell, and we'll actually get to hear a little bit more behind the scenes on what happened there? Um, if we... I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like Edgar Wright's a big enough personality that eventually he's going to go blab into someone and we're going to hear it. Yeah, it could be a few years. Yeah. I mean, maybe if uh, Marvel gets a lot of backlash after they make – if they do make some bad movies, he'll just be like, oh, now's the time to kind of yeah. let everybody know. Or shit if Ant-Man fails. Right. And now they'd have to hit it out of the park too because everybody's well aware there's problems. Yeah. I think we're not, we're not going to get an Edgar Wright film though. We're just going to get a studio movie. Right. So, yeah. Do we have an, a director? We had one for like less than 24 hours. Oh, Adam McKay? Yeah. Yeah, that, that fell out. Yeah. He's like a big, like, Will Ferrell like, guy. He, yeah. he does like a bunch of Will Ferrell movies. So that fell out. I, I thought know. I saw something this afternoon. I can't remember the name they said, but it was the guy behind Bring It On. Oh. I don't know. I mean, you're hearing something every other day with it. And I don't know. Brett Ratner's probably not doing anything. Yeah. Throw him a bone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. You guys seem not to mind the long-windedness uh, of my emails, and even if you do mind, you asked for this one. Hope all is well with the leftovers. Glad to be a part of the Army. I want a leftover Army decal to go on my car window next to my Georgia zombie hunting permit. We should make that happen. Cheers, guys. Have a good week, Cameron. So. Yeah, Cameron's great. Cameron's awesome. And Cameron, Sony nailed it with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, not Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Cameron will have something to say about that, I'm sure, and I'll read it next week. All right, you guys ready for a little segment that I like to call Pete's Tweets? There we go. All right, it's the first installment of Pete's Tweets. I call I call Pudding Cat. Pete's Tweets. All right, this week from Pete, uh, he says, at PC Leftovers, who do you think will be the better baddie on screen, Apocalypse or Thanos? Oh, man, that was a tough question. Can we really – we can't even really rate this because we know Josh Brolin's going to be Thanos, but we don't know who Apocalypse is going to be. Yeah. I'm going to go Thanos just because he's got better shit like going for him, better accessories. I, I'll take the Infinity Gauntlet over the Four Horsemen any day. Okay. All right. So we got one for Thanos. I'm going to say Thanos as well. You're going to say Thanos? Yeah. Th th that entire universe is uh, way better fleshed out than what Fox has done with uh, the X-Men. I'm, I'm going with Apocalypse, guys. And, and the reason I think is I think that Fox is a little – they're going to be a little edgier. I think they've always been a little edgier when it comes to, like, the villains. I I don't know if, if Marvel's going to take that dive and make Thanos as dark as he really needs to be to give that character the credit he deserves on the screen. Yeah. You know what's interesting is other than Mag Magneto, the X-Men franchise really hasn't done a big classic X-Men villain story yet. Yeah, they haven't. You know, it's always it's always Trask or um, right or uh, Kelly. So, uh, yeah, Senator, Senator Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, they right. really they haven't done they haven't dug into that well and done a, a sinister or an apocalypse or a brood or, or any like big villain type movies. They had an opportunity when they took on the Phoenix Saga, but we all know how that went. Yeah, so I'm really interested to see how that's going to play into that universe. Uh, 
it was uh, Kelly Claiborne, back to the Thanos casting of Josh Brolin. He said he would have liked if they like for them to cast uh, Michael Dorn. Oh. Oh, that would have been good. Worf. Yeah, from yeah, Star yeah. Trek that, as that, the voice of Thanos. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, just make his voice maybe a little bit more gravelly, more rough. Right. Yeah. That would, if they were do, like a card, if there's a cartoon character, that would be great. But I think they really want a performance, too. Yeah. Well, and Josh Brolin, of course, is going to be the bigger name. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, there's no, no, there's no reason that, that you can't make Michael Dorn a bigger name after an amazing Thanos performance, though. Yeah, yeah. Give him, like, like Travolta at Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Really elevate his career, you know? Fuck yeah. <laughs> totally agree. All right. Let's see here. Anything else about Apocalypse or Thanos? I was thinking more about Michael Dorn. He has the ridges on his chin instead of on his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talked last week about, um, being a little concerned about his voice if he was doing a voiceover. Sure. And um, I, I would say that they can do any number of things through editing. Look at what they did with Benedict Cumberbatch and Smog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it could happen. And, and I, his voice may not even need to be altered. It may be just the performance may be just fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. But it's just like it's, there's something about like certain – castings like as soon as they say it you're just like bam that's natural that makes sense that is the organic casting to this character and in this case it it was a safe choice in my opinion i'm not like man that's fucking horrible casting but i'm also like wow that's really thinking outside of the box they nailed it right yeah i feel like the only time in my life i've ever instantly felt like they nailed it though was with robert downey jr i mean other than that i think i've been like i don't know yeah yeah. So I mean, that's just me, though. No, I, 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 I'm trying to think if I've heard any other castings that just like make sense. That's the one. Like other than that, we were all just like, even every fan was like that. I feel like, yeah, we like, like Chris Evans gets cast as Captain America. We're like, oh, okay, Human Torch is going to be Captain America. All yeah, right, yeah. rolling our eyes. <laughs> exactly. I and mean, when he was cast as Human Torch, I was like rolling my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any of them. Like I've seen Cellular, and it's come on. You yeah. Know, it, his movies weren't that amazing. And Chris Hemsworth, I mean, I was like, okay, that guy looks like Thor. I guess that's okay. Chris Evans has been three in three comic book movies. He's played three comic book movie characters. What's the other one again? Uh, of course, you know, Human Torch and Captain America, and then in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess that's a comic book character. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Jackman, though, uh, same could have been said about him before the first X-Men movie came out. Yeah, what superhero is he? Excuse me? What comic we, book character We were talking about characters playing different – we were talking about Chris Evans, how he played three comic book Oh, I, I see what Frank's saying. He's saying – yeah, Hugh Jackman. I yeah. agree. We, I didn't know who the fuck oh, he was. Yeah. Okay. And he was – you know, he was singing and he was in uh, rom-coms yeah. and stuff. Before X-Men, he wasn't doing anything over here. Right. Yeah. No, he that was, was over there. That was what he was doing over there. So he wasn't doing any U.S. movies. That right. made me think of another good one, though. I guess when they announced Patrick Stewart as Professor X, I was pretty much, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. I like him. He's bald. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. So... All right, it's now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop, where we explain what we either watched or read in the previous weeks that we liked or disliked. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, we don't have any Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, Heroes of Cosplay is back on Sci-Fi Wednesdays. Uh, did it start already? Start, season two started. I uh, think they just finished the second episode. Okay. And they brought back some a few people from the first season. Dropped some other people. And uh, it's I don't know. It's an okay show, man. I, I I watch it. I like to see what they come up with. Yeah, the drama. I, I've watched a few episodes. Drama seems a little bit canned sometimes. Yeah, it does. But, I agree. But it's it's a fun show. Yeah, I, and I, what I don't like about it is like like it seems like some of the people get help with their costumes. Yeah, like you know, I don't know. Like some of the women on the show are just like yelling at their husband to fix the costume. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like come on. This guy, this guy, this guy probably has a full time job, and he's helping your ass making this damn costume, and all you're doing is bitching him out. Come on, give yeah. me some credit. That's television, television drama. Yeah, I'm sorry you don't look like so and so from the Pokemon fucking show, but <laughs> he's doing his damn best. <laughs> you need better reference material, girls. At least when you're done with the uh, convention, you ought to let him, I don't know, get a piece of that action with the costume on to pay him <laughs> back for all listening to your fucking bitching and pissing and moaning. <laughs> you were making like an earthquake putting that cigarette out. <laughs> was that really? <laughs> <laughs> was that really? Was, that really, was it shaking the table? It was like I thought Jurassic Park 4 was starting right now. <laughs> Uh, this next one is, uh, this next one is, um, how do I explain it? I listened to a, a podcast called Half Hour Wasted, and one of the hosts there, Frank Rincon, um, he started a Tumblr, and in the Tumblr, uh, he, basically he'd been watching a lot of Simpsons episodes, and he noticed in a lot of the Simpsons episodes, a lot of the different Simpsons characters crying. So he started his own Tumblr. Where he takes the scenes of Simpsons characters crying and he puts them all together in a video and he's thrown them up on YouTube. And uh, I just thought it was pretty fucking awesome. How long, how long is each video? I, I don't know. I think like one's like a minute and a half. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, if you want to check it out, it's Frank A. Rincon, spelled R-I-N-C-O-N dot Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. And uh, you can check out his Tumblr and uh, check out a bunch of Simpsons crying. So I thought it was kind of an interesting hobby slash project he's got going on. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> he's got tons of footage to uh, grab from. Well, and he, he, he said he was only doing season 16 and 17. So <laughs> imagine when he goes back to the, to the beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> like check this out. Like when they thought when, when Santa's little helper ran away, that could be like a whole fucking 20 minutes right there. <sighs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. I, I, will, I, will, I will definitely check that out. Check it out, man. Uh, Ghostbusters was released 30 years ago on June 8th, uh, 1984. So it's the 30th anniversary of the Ghostbusters. And to celebrate Ghostbusters, they are going to be uh, digitally remastering the movie and re-releasing it in over 700 theaters across the U.S., then both Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 will finally be available to own on Blu-ray August 29th. Um, have you guys seen the, the special limited edition packaging? No. For no. it? I've got it on my computer. Let me pull it up here. Oh, that, that movie is sore for a remastering. Um, it's a really bad transfer if you've seen the Blu-ray that's out right now. Oh, that's, Isn't that awesome? Oh, that is that's nice. great. Yeah, it's got the Ghostbusters ghost logo. And then uh, right behind him, 
as Slimer. And then on the packaging, you notice how he's got one finger up and two on the other. So it, it's showing that, you know, you get Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Yep, yep, I guess. Do you think this is finally admitting that there's never going to be a Ghostbusters 3? No, I, I think that they're gonna. I think they're still gonna go ahead and do it. Everything that I've heard is that all signs are pointing towards Ghostbusters three. But I mean, it's unfortunate. Now we're like two Ghostbusters down with Bill Murray not wanting to come back, and then uh, uh, Egon passing away. You know. Yeah. You know who the star of Ghostbusters one is, in my opinion. Who? Rick Moranis. Oh yeah, Rick Moranis <laughs> is great. He, to me, he's the best part of the whole movie. Can I make a Ghostbusters three prediction if it ever does get made? Let's hear it. Okay. They are some okay. There's going to be a villain in the movie that is going to ask them, "Are you a god?" Oh god! And they're going to learn from their past mistakes and, and say that they are a god. <sighs> Jesus, let's let's. I'm already making the Ghostbusters three drinking game. Anytime there's a callback to anything that happens in Ghostbusters one or two, you take a drink. Oh man! So prepare to live during that. No kidding. They're going to live. They're going to live on the on the the first movie especially i don't know if they're going to go so much uh, ghostbusters 2 the only thing that they might incorporate from ghostbusters 2 is that oscar is going to be one of the new ghostbusters and they'll probably cast like you know some up-and-coming actor to play oscar oh gotcha okay so i think that might be the only tie-in from that movie didn't they learn from ghostbusters 2 the thing is they got a different writer for that one yeah it's t- it's terrible, right? We're on the same page. Oh, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. And I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like Gremlins too. No, Grim- at least Gremlins two owns itself. It's like super cheeky, and it doesn't really apologize for it. Right. Where Ghostbusters two is just like never really admits to what it's doing. Yeah, I think like what I liked about Gremlins though is it was kind of like a. It was kind of like my first horror movie for kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were scary, but not too scary. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like a Fisher-Price, my first horror movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what I loved about it because it kind of scared me as a little kid. But it was also fun because you got this cute little fuzzball. Yeah, and they showed us tons of imagery of Gizmo before they ever showed us a gremlin. Yeah, because yeah. me and you grew up right when that the advertising for that was at its thickest. Absolutely. We were, we were ripe to be scared by gremlins. Right. So, yeah. Gremlins 2 is super cheeky, but but it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Jake, what do you got for Good Pup, Bad Pup? I have been watching episodes of Sword Art Online on Netflix. They released the entire first season because um, they announced that the second season of it is going to be simultaneously broadcast in America and in Japan. What is this? It is an um, anime about – it's called Sword Art Online – and the premise of it is is it's a massively multiplayer video game that they only sell 10,000 copies of. And as soon as everyone plugs in, they find out that if they die in the game, they die in real life. And they have to beat all 100 floors of the game to be able to come back in out of real life. And it's, it's really great. It's not cheeky at all. Like a lot, of, a lot of these kind of cartoons can be really cheeky and silly and comedy. But they really play it for serious drama here. To wow. The, to the point where 2,000 of the 10,000 people die within the first few hours from people on the other side trying to unplug them or take their headgear off. That triggers them to instantly die too. And that's all stopped because the news broadcasts not to do that because it'll instantly kill your, your son or your friend or whoever. And just This sounds awesome. It's great. There's a, it's a 26-episode first season, and I believe the second season is going to be the same, and it starts in about a month, I believe. How is this available? Um, the entire first season is on Netflix. 
and then when the second season is sim- simulcast, it's going to be on Hulu Plus. Oh, awesome! Very cool. So you can watch it. Uh, you can watch it on your phone either way. You can watch it on your phone either way. Now, Netflix has a. They did a really great dub on this. Um, you know, they hired really good voice actors and everything, and the right. dub is really nice because. And normally, I prefer the subtitles because I feel like the plot's better with the subtitles. Yeah. Sometimes in the translation, they m- simplify a lot of sure. the plot. But this is such a gorgeous cartoon, and there's so much action going on that it's almost nicer with the dub because you don't ever have to pay attention to reading anything, and you can just take in all the graphics and and fights and everything. That makes sense, yeah. But with the uh, simulcast, it's going to be all subtitles until about six months from then when they release the dub. So do we have a Skype call? (laughs) What's going on here? What is going on? Let me log out of it. Why, why does it sign out? See ya. Yeah. That, you know what that noise means when you hear that? It means fuck off. <laughs> I got scared. I thought maybe we just lost everything. Oh, no. No, 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 no. We're if, good. If We're that good. was to happen, I'd be like the fucking jinx. Yeah. Because it only happens when I'm here. <laughs> so what is this called again, Jay? It's called Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. The name of the show and the name of the game are the same thing. Have you heard of this, Frank? I think I caught part of the commercial. I didn't hear a lot of the details about it, but yeah. I, I did see uh, that they had a commercial on. I think it was on um, Xbox Live where I actually caught it. Yeah, it has a huge fandom. I would say second to Attack of the Titan right now, and it only has one season. It's really caught on with people. It's a really exciting concept, you know, if you're a fan of video right. games yeah. or a fan of cartoons. And uh, Last year they had that uh, Destiny that was supposed to be online linked with the television show. Yeah. But, and I early adopter, I got the game and it was too much for this past generation of consoles to handle. Yeah. Massively multiplayer first person shooter. I don't think so. That always scares me when they try those tricks like that. Like they try to trick with that, with that show that we were watching when we first started our show. What was that show called? It's long since canceled. Hmm. But it, it had its own video game, and you could affect the storyline by this. playing. The, oh, a defiance! Defiance! Oh, defiance. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. They always try that. Defiance kind of, is coming back in June. Defiance is coming back. Yeah, gotcha. Another video game too. Uh, the video game was horrible. The show yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Nice. We're just pretending that video game part didn't happen. Yeah, the video game is horrible, but the 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 show is fantastic. Great world building going on in that show, and the villains are absolutely fantastic. I need to just. That'd be a great one to just Blitzkrieg run. Yes. It's got to be on Netflix or Hulu Plus at some point. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah I would imagine. What's weird, though, is like uh, another porn porn star anchorman <laughs> name would be Art Sword. Art, Art Sword. Sword. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Art Sword. All right, so we're up to two. Yeah, so if, any, if anyone else out there has seen Sword Art online, not to interrupt you. You did. Um, you know, <laughs> comment on the thing. You know, I'd love to talk to some other people about what they think about this. I've got about... Ten more episodes to go before I finish the first season, so no no spoilers on the end. Right, awesome, very cool. Um, let's see here. I wanted to talk. Next thing I wanted to talk about: Good Pop, Bad Pop is something I, I wanted to talk about it months ago, but then I stopped doing the show like a big pussy for about three months, and oh well, I never got back to it. But I we're back here now, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I think this would be considered the first 
Netflix animated series, but I'm wrong now, apparently. Is this a Netflix? No, this this is just available on Netflix. It okay. did not air on Netflix. So it's Netflix. not a Netflix original? No. Okay. So this this could be the first, I think it's the first Netflix animated series. It's called BoJack Horseman. Okay. Have any, have any of you heard of it? I have not. Okay. It stars Will Arnett who we all know from Rest Development as Job, and he's also going to be in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie uh, coming out uh, this month, I believe, or yep. next month. Yep. Next month, I think, July. Yeah, fantastic as the voice of Batman in the Lego movie. Uh, oh, okay. I still haven't seen Lego movie. Oh, I, my God. I was talking to D.A. Cheney, our listener, and she's like, you haven't seen Lego movie. And so I said, okay, I promise I, I, I'll watch Lego movie. But instead of renting Lego movie, I rented Monuments Men. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, hello. It's called Ocean's Eleven uh, meets Monuments Men. It's, it's, it's horrible. I, I stopped watching it after about an hour. Lego movies available to buy now? Yeah, you can rent it. Oh, my God. How come I don't own Lego movie? It's out, right? Yeah, it's out. Yeah. Oh, shit. Because I see it available for digital download all the time. Well, it's, it's available advanced. They'll let you digital download it early if you pre-order it. Oh, but I don't okay. think you could buy a physical copy yet. Oh, shit. I don't sure. know. Fuck. Uh, Will Arnett, he plays Bojack Horseman, uh, and he plays a horse man that walks upright and dresses like a man, and at one time was a big TV star, but now 20 years later is just washed up and trying to deal with being a has-been. So it, it's like the real-life story of uh, being Corey Feldman in that respect. Here's a description of the new series. Meet the most beloved sitcom horse of the 90s, 20 years later. Bojack Horseman was the star of the hit TV show, Horsing around. <laughs> but today he's washed up, living in Hollywood, complaining about everything, and sometimes wearing colorful sweaters. Starring Will Arnett, Amos Sedaris, Allison Brie, and Aaron Paul. Bojack Horseman, a Netflix original series, launches on August 22nd in all Netflix territories. So I saw the trailer, and it looks pretty funny. Yeah, great. Great cast. Oh, yeah. I love Allison Brie. Yeah. I like Amos Sedaris. Yeah. Uh, he plays a str- – uh, I read that. No, oh, okay. I saw the trailer and it looks pretty funny. He does. He plays a struggling wash-up horse actor. He makes bad decisions. He gets drunk. He sleeps around, and he's a total mess. Um, but it's something I definitely I want to watch, and I want to watch the. Tra- uh, and the trailer is out there. It's on YouTube, so you can check it out. It's called BoJack Horseman, and it's available again, like I said, on Netflix. So yeah, check it out. Looks. How many episodes? I have no clue. I have no clue. I didn't do my studying, my research. Eh. I'll check it out. Check it out. And he's he's not a centaur. No, no, (laughs) no. He's got like he he just looks like a like it's like a guy's body and uh, he doesn't have man hands, but he he's just got a fucking uh, one of those horse heads. He's got a horse head. He kind of yeah. He looks like uh, what's her name? Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) War horse. Wow. I don't, Frank. I didn't ask you. Do you have any good pop, bad pop? Uh, a little bit. Kind of putting you on the spot. No, that's okay. Um, one of the things I caught wind of, I didn't get to watch uh, the um, Apple announcements, but I did uh, find out one of the things that iOS 8 is going to incorporate is something called Metal. And what that allows developers to do is to put next-gen quality graphics and video gaming onto like a tablet. The demo that they ran was uh, something with Epic's Unreal Engine 4. And what this is kind of leading up to is things like uh, PlayStation's getting ready to release PlayStation Now, a video game streaming service this summer. 
And one of the things I'm thinking they're going to do is this is going to be the last generation of consoles. It's all going to end up on tablets. That way they don't have to fight the hardware anymore. That They can just put their games, be publishers of the software, and not produce consoles anymore. It's just the announcements that uh, these tablets now are going to be able to do that. Yeah, it's Apple, but... I mean, they're gonna they're gonna come out with something also on Android. I'm sure that's gonna be able to do the same thing. So it, it just it, it's not really like any groundbreaking news yet. It's just one of the major stepping stones that they're kind of heading in. And if they're able already to with this software update run next gen level graphics, um, and that may not bode well um, for those who decided early to get in on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One if they already own a tablet. If it's as easy as hooking their controller to Bluetooth to that, it's like a waste of money. They've got all this money in uh, the hardware already. Yeah, that's that's going to be a quick tra- – it's not going to be that quick of a transition, I don't think, though. I feel like that's more of a competitor for the handheld market and not your PlayStation 4s or your Xbox One. I feel like that's more of a strike against the DS than it is against the Xbox One because people are still going to want to have their – I personally think tablets are going to go away. I mean, yeah. with the really? cell phone, yeah, with the cell phones getting bigger, yeah. I, I personally think t- tablets are going to be the dying technology. Yeah, and that's um that that same Apple thing they announced that you're gonna they're gonna have the ginormous um, iPhone that you're gonna be able to get. That's just slightly smaller than the iPad Mini already. Yeah, I've got a iPad Mini, and the rumored sizes I think is four point seven inch and five point five. Yeah, but I don't want to carry something around that big. I may be in the minority with that. I always, I, I in between my legs, I'm always carrying <laughs> around something. Yeah, exactly. I just can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but, You'll uh, have it. The uh, what what I was getting at with it is, whereas you have people with involved in these console wars where they'll only buy one or the other. You have some developers that only produce software for one or the other, like Halo or games like The Last of Us, which are console exclusives. Yeah. If it if they do away with the um, ex- exclusives to the consoles become simply software publishers. It becomes kind of like Blu-ray defeating HD DVD. It all becomes one medium, essentially. No, I agree with that. I've seen lately, though, in the last 10 years of the video game buying trends that um, blah, 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 <laughs> that, that the, um, the software is what makes the sales. You know right. what I'm saying? It's not so much I love Xbox, I love PlayStation. It's I love whatever I have to love to be able to play X game. That's why the technology costs so much. That's why the consoles cost so much when they come out because they've got to make their money somehow yeah. uh, before the, the actual software starts paying off their investment. Exactly. Usually the hardware, they sell at a loss. Yeah, they in the last few systems, they do sell at a loss. Because so. like you said, it's the software that makes them money. And as as Sony itself is trying to roll out PlayStation now here as soon as it can, um, you see reports that they're not doing so well on the software side of things because people are doing more of the tablet-type games. So they've got to be able to get an in where people already are playing. So really quick to sum it up, am I going to be able to get PlayStation now for my iPad? Yes. And I'm going to be able to play a library of PlayStation games on my iPad? Yes. PlayStation 1, 2, and 3? Yes. Ooh. That, that's, a, that's all that PlayStation Now is about. What would you guess said service is going to cost a month? Uh, I don't have any information on that. Yeah, I guess. My guess would be um, based on how long you can rent the game for. 
Mm. And whether it's one day, a week, you or think it's going to be per game. I like the yeah. idea better where it's I pay like ten bucks a month and I can just access the library as much as I want. So well, it's, it's uh, like GameFly kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what they're fighting. I mean, I I can't reveal the source, but I I know someone. What who is going to happen to GameFly if they fucking do this? You guys remember Sega? It's going to go away. Do you remember yeah. Sega TV? That, that's what this remi- That's what I was thinking. Right, right. But now you're talking. Most people get higher bandwidths. It, it really sucks. But they were already going to start trying to push things toward a a digital only thing, which is what Microsoft came up with when they fell on their face last E3. Oh yeah, and Nintendo does the same thing. They give you all kinds of perks and bonuses if you buy their digital copy of their game. Right. Then if you go out and buy the the hard copy. Yeah. A lot of people had been bitching though too because some in some places, and I hadn't seen it myself. I've only heard reports that the digital copy is actually more expensive than the physical copy, which is absolutely ridiculous. No, I haven't seen that happen yet. I haven't seen it. I've only heard reports, but but uh, yeah, that's where it's all going too. And they're talking about how they've got PlayStation uh, the DualShock Three controllers, yeah, to where you can hook those into an iPad. They were talking about that in the keynote address, I think, about how they are going to have the drivers to do that. Yes. So, I mean, they're lining this up to so be I'm able excited. to do that. If I can play Kingdom Hearts on my iPad by the end of the year, then yay. Yay for me. <laughs> All right. I wanted to – yeah, sorry, guys. Wake up, Brian. I, I don't <laughs> – Wake up, Brian. I'm not, I'm not the video game player anymore. I kind of dropped off the systems after 360 and all that. So I don't really play a lot of video games. I apologize, guys. I uh, wanted to talk about the new Seth MacFarlane movie that came out, A Million Ways, uh, a million ways to Die in the West. Um, you guys have all seen the trailers for this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was A Million Ways to Die in the previews. Yeah. Uh, I went to – yeah, pretty much. I mean that's they, they gave away a lot. Um, I went to this movie not expecting much. I, I did enjoy the, the film Ted and I thought it was raunchy but still charming. But I, I still didn't expect much from this movie. Uh, the movie, of course, it's set in the Old West. But Seth MacFarlane and uh, Charlize Theron, they talk as if they were in modern times. And it's it's slightly funny. Um, some of the stuff is over-the-top raunchy. Some of it is just really, really, like, I mean, over-the-top raunchy to the point where we're just like... <laughs> so uh, really, it really does take place in the past? Yeah, it does. Wow. The trailers made me think it had to be some time travel or something the way that... No, it's just like you know, you know how Seth MacFarlane is and, and Family Guy and stuff yeah. like that. It's just, uh, it's just one of those movies where he, it's like a fish out of water thing. It's like you got this guy who talks like he's in our time period back then, yeah, and living in it, and like you know, he hates it. He he hates the old West and he bitches about it. It's a lot of observational humor. Um, and, and and you're watching it and you get it and you get the dialogue and everything, but the jokes they just don't hit. Like I get what they were going for. I mean, it's it's full of hit and miss jokes and, and mostly misses. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, though, he does steal the show in in the movie every time he is on the screen. He is very very good in this movie. But overall, this movie was pretty juvenile and, and it didn't really do anything too innovative, in my opinion. If you're looking for a way to kill an afternoon in the theater, uh, then just watch X Men again <laughs> uh, and, and wait until this one comes out and it's available at your local Red Box. I, I toss this movie when it comes to seeing it in the theater, so save your money. But like I said, if it's available at a Red Box, then I taste it. If you have a free afternoon and just want to watch a movie where you can turn your brain off, and it's kind of flopping. In these days, movies that flop are in the Red Box machine like next month. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
typically it takes about four months for a movie to 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 come out for a DVD release. Yeah, four months from the day. They speed it up from that too. The only time I remember that they did that was with um, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. Oh wow! It came out in three months. Gotcha. But I don't. Uh, and then a lot of the Christmas movies that come out, it could take even longer because they like to wait for Christmas to come out. I remember Fred Claus coming out in theaters, and then it took like six to eight months before it uh, came out that you could buy it because they wanted to release it during Christmas. Makes sense. So they can get some sales out of her. Right. They put out so many commercials, though. And, I mean, I could list off two or three different scenes off my head, top of my head right now. And I didn't see the movie. I just saw a million and ten previews. And... I think it'd have to take some time away from it. That way I might forget some of those jokes. And then I might be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, they ruined probably the best one in the trailers with uh, – you've seen Doc Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can't believe they did that. Yeah. yeah. With comedies, man, just don't show anything. Yeah. Make that trailer 15 seconds long. Right. We get some cameos in it that were unexpected, though. Uh, even one that they showed in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. But uh, Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell, he's in it. <laughs> nice. And uh, But there's one I won't spoil, uh, somebody with a very distinct voice that you'll know when you see the show. I'll tell you guys when we break. But um, I wanted to talk about a movie. I, I just watched it just a few hours ago. Uh, it's I call it an Iron Man 2 reunion because it stars John Favreau, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and Robert Downey Jr. That's awesome. Uh, it also has John Leguizamo in it who uh, – I'll get into it. It's called Chef. And uh, really, really, I think, limited release because – I, I didn't see it playing anywhere else. And when I saw it at the theater, I was like, that it's a movie that I've been wanting to see because I like all of them. And it's not a superhero movie. And it's a John Favreau film. So I, I couldn't wait to see it. And when I saw that they had it there, I had to just, I had just gotten out of Edge of Tomorrow, went out, got a bite to eat, went back, and I watched Chef. Oh, jeez. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a Tupperware, it's fantastic. Uh, John Favreau kills it on this movie. Um, it's really good. Great dialogue, and the characters are great. John Leguizamo is so good in this. Like the relationship him and John have in this movie is so believable. I can believe that these guys are like the best of friends. The chemistry between them is fantastic. I love John Leguizamo. I think he's really underrated. He, I haven't seen him in much lately. He needs to. He needs to do a stand-up return. I. Oh, I used to love his stand-up. Yeah, there's there's certain guys out there that they need to make a, a return to stand up comedy. They need to like just shake off the dust, uh, you know, and they need to do a stand up return. Eddie Murphy being one of them. Oh, that would be amazing. So John Leguizamo, if he came back and did some stand up and then came out with a movie, that's why Kevin Hart is getting all these films. Oh yeah, Kevin Hart, uh, he's killing it in in, in stand up right now. So he's he's huge. That's what John Leguizamo needs to do. He needs – I don't know if he's doing any new material. Yeah. He would always do all his different characters, yeah. like his family members. Yes. And he would do like characters of them and right. everything. Yeah, he was great. Is he so far removed from that that now it's like he's in that Hollywood limelight so much that he has nothing to pull from? Kind of like Dane Cook. I mean Dane Cook used to actually be funny back in the day. Yeah. And now he's just got such a damn big head about things. In his stand-up act, and yes, I've gone and seen him recently, all he does is talk about how he's gone out and dates with strippers and all this other bullshit. Yeah. I, I was never a Dane Cook fan to begin with, so. I loved his energy. Early 2000s before he blew up. Yeah. 
I that's when I was watching him. His energy was just so out there, and it was just so funny. I thought he was so energetic and hilarious. And then when he kind of got mainstream and everybody heard about him, that's kind of like when I backed off, and I'm like out of that. I'm like, fuck that, man. Because to some extent, some of them sell out in order to keep the money coming in. Like Eddie Murphy, if he was to, to go back to stand-up, he wouldn't be doing the filthy stuff like he did with Eddie Murphy Raw. I mean, he's been in... Um, the uh, Nutty Professor? Sure. Yeah. I mean, now he's all with Disney and, you know, Donkey. I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit. I was going to call it, too. George Carlin did the fucking Thomas the Train. So I'm going to call bullshit. Yeah, just because you did Disney doesn't mean you can't do whatever. Yeah. I this, mean... This day and age, it's not like when, you know, and, and, he, and, and he's working for himself. It's not like when Lisa Bonet went and did Playboy, Bill Cosby wouldn't let her back on the show. Yeah. This is totally different. These guys, have, they've made their careers. They've got a choice to do what they want at this point, in my opinion. Eddie Murphy's that big. George Carlin did some of the raunchiest stand-up out there and then came and did a children's show, Thomas the Train, where he played the conductor. I'm calling bullshit for yeah, him. Yeah, even modern examples. I mean, Miley Cyrus didn't have to keep being Hannah Montana because she worked for Disney. I mean, she got herself as far removed. But he's talking. But 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 can she go back to something like that? I think that's what Frank's trying to say. Right? Yeah. You can't. I mean, it's too big of a shift in the opposite direction in yeah. in so many years. I mean, like when Eddie Murphy did Raw, we were all young. Not everybody our age is going to have been exposed to that. Yeah. So they know Eddie Murphy as being in kid shows and this and that, and then they, the comedy. You know, they go see him do stand up, and they're like, whoa. So, I mean, it's just too, too big of a change. Ah, but I don't so, think it matters. I'm just saying George Carlin. That's all I got. But. Right, but that was like an isolated event. It wasn't like he was doing a bunch of things like that. That was, that but was I'm, the only I'm thing. putting Eddie Murphy on the same pedestal that I'm putting George Carlin. I agree. As long as George Carlin isn't using the seven words that you can't say on TV <laughs> on the children's train show, right, because then it doesn't matter. Exactly. You're not, you're, oh, little Johnny, you can't watch this show because on this other show or on this other performance, this is how this person acts. Yeah, because in Dogma, he goes down on a guy in a semi. Yeah, exactly. I think you're only held accountable for the form of art that's being presented at the time. I get that. I just don't know. I mean, it's debatable about whether or not it'd be successful to me. I, I, I'd have to see it. Whether or not Eddie Murphy being raw again would be successful? Is that was that what his agent would probably be telling him? No, 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 no. If you want to keep this third, fourth home, whatever, you're gonna stick uh, to the family stuff. That's yeah, because he's been killing it with Pluto Nash and Nutty Professor too. (laughs) You know exactly, and that's the thing. I think if if his representative sent out one single fucking tweet that he's gonna go on tour and do Eddie Murphy Raw too, yeah, Twitter would fucking blow the fuck up. Oh God, yeah, for sure, it would blow the fuck up. And then I feel like if that was big, like let's say hypothetically it's the biggest stand-up tour of 2015. Yeah. And he makes Nutty Professor 3, that movie's going to explode because of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the day and age we're living in, Mr. Frank Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) This is the day and age we are living in, okay? I've been schooled. (laughs) Stop. Have a time. No, but I understand why you said it, man. I get it, but I'm just, you know, I do a podcast, man. I'm grabbing, no, no. I'm grabbing yeah, a beer. <laughs> You're going to grab a beer? I'll grab a beer. Be right back. All right, hey, hold on. Before you grab a beer, one more thing, and then we'll take a break, and then you can grab a beer. Right. Is that cool? Hey, I, I'm fine. All right. 
Um, yeah, but I love Chef. I give it a Tupperware. I think if you're uh, – oh. if you're a uh, – yeah, we're talking God, about – We got way off yeah, topic. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. But no, Chef, I loved it. It was fantastic. If I think it's a great movie and it shows like if you're like a – if you're a single father, you definitely want to watch this film. It's it's a fantastic film. Maybe a good way for you to like reflect and think about uh, you know maybe some things that uh, you could you could uh, do for uh, – I don't know, your children. What, what was it actually about? Like the two-sentence explanation. Um – like Cliff Notes version here? Not even don't just a general like feel, what what was the movie like? What kind of movie? Like a dark comedy? No, no, I wouldn't say it's a dark comedy. It, I, it, I'd say it's a movie. It's about hope and chasing your dreams mm-hmm. and following you know what you chasing your dreams with father son relationships. Uh, it, it has a lot to do. There's, it, there's a lot of deep meanings in this. Uh, you've got a guy who's like working at a restaurant and he's working for Dustin Hoffman who is like saying, you know, I want you to put out your, this menu. No, I want to do something more creative. Okay. And I think that is kind of like John Favreau's way of saying, hey, I worked for Marvel Studios and I wanted to make my Iron Man 2 and you wouldn't let me. And I think it had a deeper meaning than most people even realized watching that film. This is John Favreau going back to his roots and making an independent film free of Marvel Studios. I think that was kind of a middle finger to Marvel. And he made a great movie and it made a great point. On the flip side, it's got a great story where a guy's chasing his dreams. And when he figures out that he's chasing his dreams and he, and he, and he does things his own way and he goes Jerry Maguire and he fucking leaves, he actually figures out that not only now that I'm happy, now my kids are happy. My kid is happy. It's a great movie. I think everybody should – if you can't see it in the theater, at least run it. It's fantastic. Yeah, from what you've said, it might be hard to see it in the theater even if you wanted to. Right. Yeah, it's really limited release. Finally, this last one is for you, Jake, and I'm going to let you get your beer, okay? All right. This last one is for you. If you're a big fan of Game of Thrones and of the Disney film Frozen – the folks over at the Game of Thrones podcast called A Cast of Kings did a Frozen and Game of Thrones mashup song. So I'm going to play it as we break, and we'll be back with news. Oh, let's hear it. I'm going to play it during the break, so I'm going to stop. Oh. <laughs> but I'll play I'll play it when you get back from your beer. Oh, man, i got to listen to the actual show to hear it, you mean? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll play it for you guys, but then... Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> them straight, heaven knows I tried. How many seasons can there be till Sansa's turning 33? Two more books, but much more show. And three I crows. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, who's the hero
Hey guys, we're back. Uh, I know we said we were done with the uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop, but uh, we're going to keep it going. I stumbled upon something this week that I felt was so worthy to bring up in this section of Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's uh, something from the legendary gaming team, and what they've done is they've taken gameplay from Grand Theft Auto V, and they've used it to recreate one of the most iconic chase scenes in a movie. It's the motorcycle semi-chase in Terminator 2. It is absolutely stunning to look at. Uh, I'm going to give the YouTube description of the video. Hey, everyone. So this week we remade a scene from T2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and it took quite some time. It mostly took a lot of time because I wanted to try to make it exact. Yes, I may have missed some small scenes, but damn, we worked hard on this from the actual setting up to the directing to the editing. So please give it a look like and subscribe and i would greatly appreciate it if you could share it and spread it around a bit we are 100 percent interested in the requests you have for remake ideas shoot them at me as always thanks for, for thanks for watching and keep an eye out for the next video coming so i saw this video it it, it is an exact it is an exact uh recreation of that scene and i think it's awesome it's amazing everybody should check it out so I reached out to John Chapman of Legendary Gaming, and John, we have you on the show today. Welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, what? I want to ask you a few questions about this. Like, tell us about Legendary Gaming and like what brought you guys all together. All right. Um, well, Legendary Gaming was pretty much the product of Callie, one of the guys that we play with because he has a lot of little catchphrases like saying legendary the only the way that he can say it or um, just like saying sick the only the way that he can say it. He has a lot of little things and I figured we needed some kind of brand so I stuck with legendary gaming. All right. Very cool. Um, it, it's a great name and I can't believe that nobody else has taken it. It's just unreal that nobody else has come out with legendary gaming. Yeah, that is surprising. Yeah, I mean and – the way that we all came together, we actually all knew each other. We know each other in in real life and not just on the game. Uh, most of us hang out on a normal basis. Uh, I think Scraper Biken's the only guy who's like six hours from us. But other than that, we all we've all played games forever. I mean, Borderlands and the original Crackdown, Halo. We've just been doing it forever. And so I figured, why don't we just record the shit? and put it online because I started watching other YouTubers doing it, but I don't want to name them because I'm not here to plug them, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're here to talk about legendary gaming, which... That's right. Well, I mean, why not plug your own shit? Because what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Now, why did you... What made you come to the conclusion that you guys were going to start, you know, recreating scenes from iconic movies such as Terminator 2? I don't know exactly where Terminator 2 came from. It started with somebody saying something about Dumber, I believe. But uh, I think we were just throwing around random ideas. And I said something about Terminator. And I think when we saw that flat-faced truck, we knew we had to do it because that sealed the deal. Of course, it's not the exact tow truck from the movie, but it's as close as we could get. We even got the color wrong. I'll admit that. Yeah, I and mean, that's the scene to do. I mean, I think everyone remembers that semi coming over the side of the of the tunnel. I mean, that's that's the scene. Oh hell yeah, yeah, definitely. And you guys even got the slow motion in there too, like they had in the actual movie. That was great. 
Yeah, that that took a little bit of time, I, and I saw a lot of people complaining about the graphics on that as well, like the the frame rate or something. I there's not much I can do about that. All I can say is watch the video in HD and not the recommended quality. Yeah, people are always going to piss and moan about something, aren't they, John? Yeah, and like I I can't acknowledge all the haters. I don't want to give them any credit. I don't want to give them any. Uh, attention so i'm gonna try to just ignore that well, that's, and, that's what they try to do they, they get on they they troll the internet and uh that's what they try to do is get attention it's a sad cry for help but you guys what you know what what they're doing and what you're doing are in two different realms you're actually people are actually interested in what you guys are doing and and nobody really gives a fuck about like uh three or four trolls and you know their <laughs> bullshit opinions so fuck them i'm saying that not john so Fuck the right. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're you're right. It is going crazy. I mean, Yahoo put it up, and Rockstar retweeted it, and there's so many articles on so many websites that um I haven't even looked. Uh, one of the people that I play with has looked and keeps sending me website after website after website. I've not gone onto Google and typed it in because I know it's going to be overwhelming. Not only the amount of articles and the websites, but the comments for each of them. So I just don't. I can't. Yeah, I hear you. I can tell you from experience, it's pretty weird Googling your name and reading comments about it. Right. <laughs> and they're, they're always not the, the best comments. So. Exactly, exactly. You, you guys should be proud of this work. The editing is what really impresses me the most. I mean, you obviously took a lot of scenes from a lot of different aspects of the game, but you never really see that when you watch it. It almost seems seamless. Like it's all, it, it seems like a Terminator 2 video game rather than a bunch of edited together Grand Theft Auto 5 clips, you know? Yeah, that that's a that's a pretty odd way to put it. I mean, that's I don't know how to say it. that's a that's a great comment. You know, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I sorry, not not so much of a question. I was just yeah. No, I understand. It, it took a long time, and from one person's point of view, stopping and trying to get everybody together, it took a long time. Um, like I. I think I've said before that the editing took a long time. It was a headache process, but one of the people I play with has pointed out that he thinks actually getting everybody together to do the scenes is more nerve wracking and to stop messing around, killing each other. The, t- the yeah, the, uh, I can imagine I, the timing of some of the things, of the events that happen. You just got to get the timing just right, like when the semi hits the car and stuff like that. And it's just like I can imagine it took a million takes to get some of these things down right. <laughs> you would be right. It did take a million takes, and I have so many outtakes and bloopers. If I would have put it on there, it would have been a ten minute video easily. And that's me editing the bloopers. You're like Martin Scorsese when it comes to that shit, man. He's a perfectionist, dude. John Chapman equals Martin fucking Scorsese. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And the only problem with internet directing is you can't smack your actors. <laughs> right? Hey, I know these guys in real life. If they need a smack and they're gonna get it. Now uh this took place in Grand Theft Auto Five online. Were there other characters that would interfere with the shots or did you have it in a kind of like isolated uh, as far as other players, we did a private lobby. Um, computer players, we tried to we tried to keep them away, but that's kind of impossible. I mean, uh, you saw in the bloopers when uh, Callie was waiting for all of the cars to pass because at some point the computer just takes over. You can't you can't block all the cars; it goes nuts. Right, <laughs> and I think people forget that they just think that you can you know plug this in and then all you have to do is mess with the camera angles. It's 
you have to do the angles and contest with the randomly generated world. Yeah, there there was a lot that went into it. I mean, the fact that there's only like ten minutes of daytime, it's nuts. It's it's like it's always night in that game. So we would have to cram in as many shots as we could in a ten minute time span, and then wait an hour while it was dark out before it got light again. Right. Oh, jeez, I didn't even think about that. Couldn't you cheat that? Maybe adjust your clocks on the on the devices. Uh, we we probably could have, but I feel like it probably would have taken more time. And also, we took advantage of the nighttime and set up the next scene. That's given that we got the scene right in the first place and moved on to the next. Gotcha. Was this the first? Was this the first video that you guys put out, Terminator Two? No, no. We we have a lot of like random funny moment videos, or just us killing people and them getting really angry. You know, just messing around, being stupid, but. We thought we should actually do something of quality. I know that some people have made a Skyfall video before. I think they got on the news and everything. I think I checked and they had like 440,000 views or something like that. Oh, nice. So but I'm here to say that we're approaching 500,000. So where's boom. my news interview? Yeah, yeah boom. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Um, no, I love it, dude. I've, I've watched it. I don't even – Jake's watching it. Like on, it's like looping. He's just he keeps watching. It. <laughs> I'm watching it upside down. And it's still fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. I like Terminator oh, Two man. is like one of my favorite movies of all time, and I loved how you guys used actual audio and music from the from the film in this. It, it made it feel like it was Terminator Two that I was watching, and not like Grand Theft Audio gameplay. Right, and that was a surprise to everybody that made the video with me. They didn't know that I was going to be using the original audio. I think. uh when I put it up, one of them was like, uh, it's crazy how the audio syncs right up to the video. Thing is, it, it didn't sync right up to the video. That took a long time of editing. It's uh, <laughs> amazing. And, and you can't recreate Edward Furlong's little squeals. Uh, who, who would want it? That's the part that's best left out. Right. <laughs> Scraper Biken was trying to do that. He just kept doing it and doing it. He wouldn't let it go, so I had to put in the bloopers. Um, let me ask you a few questions. Uh, I know a lot of people that follow you had some questions too, so we're going to tie those in. You know, uh, what is the song at the end of the video? Uh, well, that is the most popular question in any YouTube thing. So it, I don't think it exactly has a title, but it's by Bro Safari, and it is a very small clip. The clip itself is almost an hour long. The song itself is almost an hour long, but it's called Live at Ultra 2014. That's the whole title. Okay, cool. And uh, it's a, a very small clip, like I said, so you would really have to scour through it to find it. Now, um, what equipment did you use to uh, to make the video? Uh, well, we used the Elgato Capture Guard, or Capture Device, I guess it's called. And uh, I used the a Mac and the iMovie program, which isn't something that people prefer. Like, they like Sony Vega or... You know, something do you actually have to pay for? But the iMovie kind of worked for me. I didn't have any problems with it. Oh, I bet you had some trolls bitching about that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Yeah, gosh, just give them <laughs> piss and moan about everything, don't they? Everything. Gosh, um, are you gonna are you gonna be doing any more movies in the future? Or is this it for you guys? Uh, we're gonna be doing a lot. I don't 
want to say what they're going to be because I want to build that anticipation. Ah, Bl- Bl- Blues, <laughs> Blues Brothers and Ronan just throwing it out there, fellas. Yeah, it's hard to get as iconic or more iconic than the Terminator 2. Right, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the one we, we actually have, I think, a full day, maybe two, of already shooting another one. It's not um, as iconic <laughs> as T2, but it's a little bit more modern. I wouldn't say it's iconic, but it's for damn sure a good movie, and it's very memorable. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see what else you guys have in store for us. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we wrapped it up? Oh, yeah. The uh, followers. I need to – I mean I can update people about what we're doing daily, but you need to follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Everything that I use is always Droopy1943, the same as my Xbox Live. So Facebook – slash droopy1943 or twitter at droopy1943 and the youtube channel unfortunately since i made it the way i made it is droopin05 okay okay droopin05 d-r-o-o-p-i-n droopin droopin05 okay awesome so yeah definitely i want all of our listeners to check out the video of course and then follow John Chapman and the rest of the legendary team because I had a lot of fun watching this, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you guys. And uh, we'll definitely be uh, staying in contact with you, and hopefully we can have you back on the show. You know, you're probably going to get big heads and, like, forget about the little people like us, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if we can have you back on, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> I would do that. Just contact me, and I'm always free. Awesome, John. Thank you for And taking- I think you're going to love what we're working on. Oh, I'm sure we will. I love this. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, um, it's great. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for making time for, uh, you know, this little podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. And uh, keep making great videos, man. We're not trolls here. We lo- we fucking love it. And I know our listeners are going to love this. Yeah, thanks a lot, awesome. John. Love it. It's wonderful. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Hey guys, we're back. Uh, we're going to start with our news segment and uh, talk about some news that came out this week. Um, so let's do that here shortly. <laughs> I am so unprepared. Oh man, I am so unprepared this week. I have news. I swear I do. All right, here we go with the pop culture leftover news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> I don't hate that. You don't hate it? You like it? No, that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> that's our new news. Little audio drop. Damn, our news is gangsta as fuck. <laughs> gangsta as fuck, yo. Okay. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. <laughs> it's like Aaron Paul in the first season of Breaking Bad. Wow, we got we got Hammer here. We I got know. we got that going. <laughs> We've got everything. Hammer time! 
Frank, your face just lights up every time you hear that cheek. That's, yeah, man. It's completely different now than what it was back living through it in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> I bet. God, <laughs> fucking hell. Hey, MC Hammer, dude. When are you going to wear your parachute pants to school, dude? I mean, shit. I mean, and those little bastards thought they were cool telling me that. Uh, that must have been a living hell for you, Frank. Oh, you ain't fucking kidding, especially looking the way I look. I had not a lot leg to stand on. Uh, oh, my God. I Right now, I get, um, my name's Jake, so I constantly get, are you Jake from State Farm? What are you wearing? Oh, geez. oh brother. Are you wearing, I, I'm wearing khakis. Are you wearing a red shirt? <laughs> well, like, she sounds hideous. Yeah, you sound hideous. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've never heard that before. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's annoying. Now it's kind of cool. I never hear anything like, oh, are you Brian Griffin? Are you a dog? Are you? I never hear anything mm-hmm. like that because I think people are kind of scared of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Never really heard it too much, no. <laughs> All right. The first bit of news is just a rumor, and it feels very, very far-fetched. I don't know if anybody has heard this at this table, so it's gonna. it might blow your minds a little bit. The rumor is that Disney is very much interested in doing another Indiana Jones movie and is looking for actors that could possibly replace Harrison Ford when he's ready to hang up the whip in Fedora. We all heard about that rumor uh, that attached Bradley Cooper to the film, which was quickly dismissed. Now another name is being thrown into the hat via a rumor that came from The Star. You guys are familiar with the uh, tabloid publication Yeah, Star. Yeah. So right there is a red flag. Uh, Anything coming from the star is not reliable at all. Weird Al wrote a a song about that. Yeah. (laughs) But according to the star and their quote, Hollywood Insider, Disney is looking at, drumroll, Robert Pattinson of the Twilight movies to be the next Indiana Jones. Here's the quote from Star. Disney is looking at its long-term options for Indiana Jones franchise. They feel that the series has huge potential on many levels, starting with the films leading to other spin-offs like games which can generate more money than movies. Pattinson is at the top of the initial list because he has showed his acting stripes away from Twilight. When? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you think that in, uh, like Harrison Ford has always stated that he wants to do one more and yeah. go, go out on top. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is he going to replace? I mean, they've already brought Mutt in Mutt, you know, Shia LaBeouf into the to the mythos of you know Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think they're better off playing it like James Bond, where we stop moving time forward and we just have fun Indiana Jones movies. That's kind of what I liked about the Bradley Cooper rumor. Yeah, it that felt, would have been cool. Yeah. It felt like he was just going to play Indiana Jones. It was he wasn't going to be Indiana Jones' nephew or his cousin's paperboy or anything fucking stupid like that. Right. It, it was just going to be James Bond style, where now you accept this guy as Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the way to go with that franchise. I agree. I agree. Like we could kind of tell though when they brought Shia LaBeouf in that they were trying to go that other direction. Like it's his child, and he's going to take the reins of Indiana Jones. They alluded to it at the end too when. When the hat blew, when they opened up the doors after he got married, and he yeah. picked up the hat, and and then and then Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones said, "Oh, not yet, kid." Yeah, and then took the hat away from him. If we'd all ate that movie up, that would have happened. I bet. Oh yeah, that yeah. movie was such bullshit, though. He's swinging through the fucking trees. That's the part that hurt me the most. Oh yeah, the monkey scene. Yeah, I was like, really, really. Okay, 
Yeah. <laughs> but what? Okay, let's talk about the news here. Robert Pattinson as Indiana Jones. Whether it be any relation to any relation to him, or you know, you know, taking over as Indiana Jones. What are your thoughts? No way. Yeah, I think one of the things that Harrison Ford pulls off in the Indiana Jones movies is that both male and female audiences like the character. I feel like Robert Pattinson alienates male audiences. He's can, too effeminate. Can I throw this out there, who I'd like to see? What's her? I like Bradley Cooper, don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. What about Chris Pratt? Yeah. Oh, that'd be good, too. Yeah. He's almost playing Space Indiana Jones, kind of right. as it is in well, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who, uh, Harrison Ford did the same thing. He yeah. was Han Solo. Yeah, I agree. I, man, I hope Chris Pratt's a superstar by September. I mean, he's that'd got his plate full, though, man. He's got, you know, Jurassic World, which is going to branch off into another trilogy. They've already announced that. Yeah. And, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is wrapped up there. But, I mean, this is another Disney Lucasfilm property. Yep. He's headlining Lego Movie 2. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so. so he's he's hot right now, man. Yeah, for sure. That'd be good, too. Are you guys big fans of the Alien movies? Oh, I love them. Yeah, I've seen them a lot. Uh, which is your favorite movie? Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Resurrection? Alien. My favorite's the first one. Yep. Alien. Alien, the first one? Yeah. Okay. I like them all, though. Yeah. E- even Resurrection, which gets hated on a lot. It's I, I think Alien 3 is the worst. Alien 3, yeah, I mean, I remember when that came out, and I was pumped for it and stuff like that, and it, t- it took place on Mars, right? Yeah, it was like a prison colony. That's Which, right, yeah. Spoiler for a 20-year-old movie, but that's the movie where Ripley, the actual Ripley dies, and I didn't like that. No, right? yeah. The ending made me sad as a kid. Yeah. Me too. And it was really slow. A slow movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alien's definitely my favorite. It was, a, it was, I'd say it wasn't, what do you guys say? It's like the, the first horror sci-fi movie ever? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it wasn't a trope back then for the creature to still be alive and audience re- audiences were actually getting out of their seats and leaving before the alien was back on Ripley's ship. Right. Like that was a shock. Like today's jaded audience would just be sitting there waiting for the alien to come back to life where people were getting up and leaving, thinking the movie was over, trying to get back to their car faster. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of the films. I think Sigourney Weaver, in my opinion, she's kind of like the first female pioneer in movies when it comes to women kicking ass in films, you know, even before Linda Hamilton T2. Totally. You know, I mean – you know, this is before Kill Bill. This is before all those. I mean, I think Sigourney Weaver is like the first one, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't remember any other strong female figure in any of those action movies at all. Yeah, maybe like the only thing is maybe going back further, like Raquel Welch or something from like you know those old kind of movies. Sure, but sure. even her, even she was more of a sex symbol than than Sigourney Weaver was. Right, right. Um, so Sigourney Weaver was speaking at the Los Angeles Times Hero Complex Film Festival and said she could imagine doing a fifth film as Ripley in another movie. Here's the quote. Had we done a fifth one, I don't doubt that her humanity would have prevailed. I do feel like there is more story to be t- uh, to tell. And then she said this. I feel a longing from fans for the story to be finished. I could imagine a situation where we finish telling the story. So, would you guys like to see another Ripley alien film after they finish the Prometheus sequel? I'd be okay with it. Well, yeah. What, what kind of mo- what kind of movie do you, do you want to see? I mean, you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard. It's almost like you have to retcon stuff to make that interesting at this point. They've done so much damage to that story. I don't want to see clone Ripley. Yeah. I want to see Ripley. That's right. where I'm coming from. Like, you gotta figure out a way to where we're seeing, especially right. with her quote that we're gonna see the, the, the humanity and the end of Ripley's story. Well, we need to bring back the human Ripley. Absolutely. For the humanity to win over. It can't be clone Ripley. Yeah. And how are you gonna do that? It has to be retconned. Yeah. Maybe time travel. Yeah, let's get Brian Singer in there yep. to direct it. Yeah, let's get Wolverine to fix the Alien franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys ready for some Star Wars news? Always. More? Our, yeah, Frank, it's, it's not going to stop daily, coming, Frank. Weekly. This oh, is going to be a weekly thing oh, now, yeah. No, I love like. it, but still, man, wow. We need a Star Wars news drop just for Star Wars news. <laughs> I have that in the works. (laughs) I have have that in the works. It's no hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. It's not gangster as fuck, yo. Star Wars news is more gangster than (laughs) fuck. I need to get, uh, I need to get Billy D. Williams to record our drop. (laughs) Star Wars news does it every time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then he cold cocks Frank in the face. With a Colt 45. Does it every time. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. I'm, I'm going to start off this week's Star Wars news with something a little fun, followed by another email by Ryan Drost of the Star Joe's podcast. Uh, first bit of Star Wars fun comes from the Star Wars Weekends 2014, the annual Star Wars celebration at Walt Disney World, where Mark Hamill was asked to voice a conversation between the Joker and Luke Skywalker. Oh, nice. Oh, that'd be so good. Mark Hamill, of course, being the voice of the Joker in a ton of Batman animated movies and TV shows. So I wanted to play the conversation. The audio takes place in kind of like a convention area, so there's a little bit of an echo to it, uh, but I did the best I could. Could you do a short dialogue between Luke and the Joker? Where Joker... Fanboys creaming themselves. All right, absolutely. Not to push on the spot or anything. Well, to get old, you have to finish. Look, it's me, the Count of Surprise, and also your father. No, that's not true. That's impossible. Get used to it, kiddo. Absolutely amazing. I hope everybody got to hear a little bit, understand a little bit of that, but it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Mark Hamill's Joker voice is just, uh, it's too much. It's so good. Uh. That's who I automatically think of if I have to picture the Joker's voice in my head for Eden. Oh, man. Batman the Animated Series is like 
the greatest cartoon ever, right? Mm-hmm. What's better than Batman the Animated Series? Maybe the X-Men cartoon. <laughs> no. No? I, I like the X-Men a million times more than Batman, but, oh, man. That Batman cartoon, it's 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 a the vo- it's a piece of art. It's the voice acting that separates it, in my it, opinion, and the art direction. It's yeah. probably something I you know would more appreciate now than when <laughs> I was a kid. But then it was just it was all good. You can tell X Men is a cartoon that writers wrote and then shipped overseas and then got back, and it has all its problems because of that. And I'm sure Batman was the same thing, but they sent it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until they got that shit right. Because I mean, it is it's a thing of art. I'm going to read uh, Ryan Drost of the uh, Star Joe's podcast, which uh, I've been enjoying your podcast lately. It was nice to hear Chuck back on the last episode. So welcome back, Chuck, and I hope you stick around. Um, Ryan Drost emails us and he says, Hey, guys, thanks for reading my email on the show. I'm glad you like some of the Star Wars insights I mentioned. I agree that in the Star Wars universe, it is viewed – oh, he's talking about Tatooine. I agree uh, in the Star Wars universe, it is viewed as a shithole planet. A great analogy, in my opinion, is what Earth is in the Marvel Universe. It's seen as this planet not worthy of being considered, but yet it is constantly the deciding factor planet in every cosmic event. Yeah, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I apologize for the Max von Sydow in Ghostbusters. I must have been... Uh, I must have been... I must have been on heavy acid. (laughs) I was looking through his works in IMDb and saw Ghostbusters listed and Vigo, but I failed to notice it was for the video game. So he was Vigo, just not in the movie. He says, uh, Ryan goes on to say, I love the talk about the Boba Fett movie. Here's a thought with it. What if we never see Boba Fett without his mask on? Do a Carl Urban in Dread... I just totally spit on my keyboard. <laughs> You'll have that. <laughs> anyway, he's <laughs> do a Carl Urban in Dread style of movie. Hell, get Carl Urban to play Boba Fett. I think actors are starting to realize they can be seen as a great actor and a huge name, even if their face isn't being directly seen. Here's another thought. <laughs> Since we have the director of Godzilla on it, possibly it's rumored, what about Boba Fett versus the Night Sisters, which are the which are dark side witches that ride rancors? Yes, they are part of the EU, but they were in the Clone Wars animated series, which is still considered canon. Now we have a large now we have large creatures and characters to focus on. Yeah, I like it. That's pretty badass. That is badass. Oh my god, can you imagine more rancors? Rancors in space. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I mean, if he is okay, let's say if Gareth Edwards is the director of this, I mean, yeah, he's absolutely right. You get that one singular character in Boba Fett, plus you're going to get some amazingly large monsters for him to play with. Yeah, I think he's spot on with the um dread reference too. I mean, cuz they pr- They've pretty much shot themselves in the foot where it has to look like the guy they cast in episode two or it's not Boba Fett. They all look like that. Yeah, but he said also to go ahead and cast Carl Urban as Boba Fett, and I would. But not take the mask off. But not take the mask off. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, I guess that'd be all right. I mean, because you have to – that's a problem, right? Either it looks like that guy or you have to address that in the story. Right, And I think leaving the mask on the whole time is the way to go. I personally wouldn't have a problem if they recasted. Yeah, and we got to see somebody else. I wouldn't have a problem. With I that. have an, I have a major issue with that. The clones are the clones to me, and that's that's just too much to just all of a sudden this is what this guy looks like. I'm I'm just not. I don't hold the prequels so close 
Yeah. Like they're not beloved to me as they are to you. If a hundred thousand of them look like look that way, then this one has to look that way too. I mean, that's just I'm a dork like that. That's but that's who the character is. If you're gonna be that technical, then in episode four, New Hope, when Princess Leia says, "Aren't you a bit short for a stormtrooper?" Uh, the guy that played Boba Fett is actually five foot nine. Yeah, but and- the, but how much the guy that played him, like that person's height, has nothing to do with it. It's what the character's height is. Right, but Luke standing next to a stormtrooper would be taller than him. Yeah. The, the stormtroopers aren't as good as they used to be. They're, you know, they're not growing as big. They can't shoot anymore. They used to be able to shoot in episode two. And by episode four, they can't hit fucking anything. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> <laughs> they're de-evolving. Maybe their shit's breaking down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a good argument with that with the Luke Skywalker line, but eh, I mean, they all look that way. They all have to look that way. They look that way in the cartoon. The cartoon followed that logic too. I right. just think it's going to be hard. Like even in Dread, I mean, he was able to emote somewhat, even though he, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of emotion from you know Carl Urban's Dread, which yeah. I loved. You at least got to see the chin. Yeah. Here you're just like, oh, it's Carl Urban behind there. And you don't get to see anything as far as like emoting at all. I mean, it's going to be have to, it's going to have to be a strong performance along the lines of like Tom Hardy, you know, as Bane in Batman. Yeah. Am I? Do you think a Boba Fett movie is going to be good, or could it be good? I guess is the question. I think it could. I think it could. I but I want to see Boba he- Boba Fett take the mask off. I want to see Boba Fett's life. I want to see like. You know, uh, the Boba Fett that we didn't, we just got to see one side of him. But I don't want it to ruin what we have seen of him. I want everything to tie in and make sense towards the end. Like, you didn't take away anything from the pre, from the, uh, from the prequels yeah. or the original trilogy. You've made everything tie in beautifully to it. Like, this makes sense. This is a Boba Fett film. I get the character now. I get him a little bit more. But there's still some mystery there. I don't want everything spelled out for me. Like midi-chlorians, they spelled everything out for me for the Force. Yeah. I like a little bit of mystery. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's a saying. tough task. And, I, you know, it's like, is this going to be the movie? I don't know. Who's – oh, uh, Gary Witt is possibly writing. Gotcha. It's, but, it's such a fine line. It's like Boba Fett is so cool because he's so mysterious. I know. I it's know. kind of the same thing with uh, the Wolverine. Like when they did Origin. I know. It's like uh, the whole – what made it cool is that we don't know the exact details of the Origin. I mean I don't want Boba Fett to be uncool because of this movie. Uh, that's everybody's fear. But on the flip side, we're all kind of like intrigued by it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm scared. I'm scared for the Boba Fett movie. I'm, I'm scared for episode seven. Yeah. I hear you. Well, how would they finish it up? I mean with him being in a heroic light or a, a villainous one? I think he's a gray character, and you have to keep with that. He's kind of like the Punisher, or like even like Wolverine. Wolverine goes around murdering people. Yeah, yeah. But the, you know, and then, and you know, even Jack Sparrow. You got to keep in mind, like he's still a pirate. You know, he's not a good guy. Right. He, he's looking out for himself. Same thing with Boba Fett. In the end, he's ultimately a bounty hunter. Yeah, what motivates him is money. And exactly. I, I really don't want to see something else motivating him besides money. I don't want to see a love interest for, for Boba Fett. See, I it it only makes sense to have a love interest for Boba Fett because in every person's life, we've all had somebody 
impact us in that way. I don't care who you are. We've all fallen in love. It makes sense. It's very organic to everyone's life, even Boba Fett. Yeah. Do I need to see that, though? Is well, that cool? No. I, maybe you're worried about seeing another relationship like we saw with Padme and Anakin. Yeah. They can do this in a way where he's still a badass. He can be James Bond, wham, bam, thank you, man, but still have somewhat sort of feelings for this chick. <laughs> but with all the different things they've got out, do we have to see that repeated in every single one? I'm a little worried that we're going to see some of that with the next three major movies. I want them to tie into the original films and harken back to them. Right, but I mean the love interest stuff. And if you have that in every single movie, then it's going to get watered down. Eventually you'd be like, who cares? The love interest isn't tedious and forced in the classic trilogy as much as it is in the prequels though. Right. I mean, the Han and Leia stuff is a total slow build. Yeah. It's not shoved down your throat all in one movie. Right. And they're even play fighting clear through the end. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I, I don't want to see like like you're saying it felt forced. I don't want to see him force it down our throats. Yeah. He does, to me, he doesn't necessarily have to have a love interest. He could they could just play it right off of him being a loner. I feel like the um, Batman movies are an example of what I'm saying of how you fuck this up. You know, your Vicky Vale, your Nicole Kidman, your Kim Basinger, just your forced love interest yeah, character that's just in the way. Yeah, they're total throwaways. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense in the Batman universe, but, like, we don't really know all that much about Boba Fett, so. But do we want to? That's the thing. I mean, like, we shit on the Hannibal show, and it's doing really well. Yeah. It's just that you can't take that kind of stuff back. I mean, once that comes out, it's out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. Uh, I totally, I know. They could totally fuck this up. It's scary. It is scary. You're you're dancing with something, because, like, now he's a very loved character, and you don't want to fuck that up. You're, I mean, any of the solo movies, any of the solo movies that could fuck up. Like you said, if they do a Yoda movie, yeah, don't fuck up Yoda. If if they, you know, I mean, if they, if they even do a Han solo movie, you know, we don't want to fuck with Han. I mean, any of these movies, they could it could go in a bad direction. And I feel like that's one of the things the prequels did get right. I mean, you hear a lot of complaints about the prequels, but you don't hear that they fucked up Bubba Fett or they fucked up that character. I think they definitely enhanced that character, and most of the hardcores actually even agree with that. No, I agree. I like the backstory with Boba Fett. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's if the prequels didn't fuck it up, you should just leave it well enough alone, right? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know, and we it's all a rumor anyway. We're we're taking we're taking the word of uh, some website, some German website that Hasbro, you know, they they went to the Hasbro thing, and I'm with it though. So. I believe a Boba Fett movie is going to happen, whether we want it or not. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he he continues. Ryan says, if you want a great Boba Fett story to read where he's not really the good guy, but he is the hero you root for, then check out Star Wars Blood Ties Volume 1 and Star Wars Blood Ties Boba Fett is Dead Volume 2. You will not be disappointed. Sorry for all of the Star Wars rambling emails. I obviously, I obviously don't get enough of it from doing my show, so now I'm invading yours. But all of the Star Wars stuff has me as, as, has me as excited as a puppy on crack who just saw his owner <laughs> coming home from a 10-year-old military deployment. Until we find out Jar Jar will be a key character in the sequels, make mine Star Wars. Ryan Dross. So thank you, Ryan. What's wrong with Jar Jar? Oh, God. Don't get me started. <laughs> Jake loves Jar Jar Banks. So, yeah. Oh, wow. And that's a thing that happened. You probably also like that uh, fairy from The Legend of Zelda, too. I do. I'm not a Navi fan. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So J.J. Abrams took to Twitter and tweeted a picture of a note card that said, I wish people would stop leaking pictures of Episode 7 and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in the movie. So basically, if you're just reading the note card, it's suggesting that the Falcon is not in the film. But the <laughs> note card is placed on top of the holochess board that is located within the Millennium Falcon. Mr. Abrams, I don't appreciate your ruse. Actually, I do. <laughs> I think this is great and very fun for us fans. I thought that was really awesome. That was, that was fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Calm down. Let the Abrams win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was brilliant. <clears throat> it was a, just a great way to you know just kind of mess with fans and yeah, and give us a little bit of what we wanted. I don't know. I'm a little more tactful than what the uh, director of Jurassic Park 4 did yeah. when his stuff yeah. was leaked. Yeah, true. Well, everybody's always been so worried about what kind of direction is he going to take it in, and it's really reassuring to see the Millennium Falcon is the Millennium Falcon. Like, even the chessboard, they're going to have it in there. That's yeah. the way it was. I'm not reassured by France fan service, Frank. That's my problem. I need more than fan service in Episode 7. Well, I'm just talking about, I mean... Uh, I saw one of those honest trailers about the first uh, Star Trek movie that J.J. did, and uh, the guy was joking around calling the bridge an Apple store in space because <laughs> of how white and shiny it was. Yeah. So, I mean, that was his take on the Enterprise, and I think some people might have been worried about what his take on something iconic like the Millennium Falcon would have been. But the pictures, you know, kind of let you know he's not changing things from what it seems like so far yeah wait till we see eight points of lens flare on the millennium falcon <laughs> <laughs> all right uh and tmz they did release the photos of the falcon and uh also they released what looks like to be an x-wing so fucking tmz i know dude they're all over the shit did you see all the fucking uh photos that they leaked yeah like, they don't give a fuck <laughs> they don't care how blurry that photo is yeah. it's, it's going out there exactly. <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised there's not, like, pictures leaked of, like, John Boyega taking a leak. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Poor guy. God, he's like in a – well, it's almost his own – he's the one – he's putting them all on, a, uh, on his Instagram. <laughs> but it's all, like, selfies and shit with the other cast. Yeah, yeah. So TMZ is actually getting, like, photos of, like, actual, like, creatures and, like, you know, the sets and shit like that. So it's – we all know Abu Dhabi is Tatooine. Come on. What a fun job it would be to be the TMZ photo spy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the TMZ paparazzi or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'd get so busted, though, because as soon as I saw something cool, I'd be like, yeah, and they'd find me and kick me out. <laughs> More Star Wars casting announcements are coming out this week. We've talked about Academy Award winner uh, – uh, no, it was Oscar winner uh, Lupita Nyong'o being rumored in the films, and now it's official. She was amazing in the movie 12 Years a Slave, and I am so happy to hear that she's going to be part of the Star Wars film, so I'm giving this casting a Tupperware. Yeah. Uh, also cast in Star Wars Episode Seven is Gwendolyn Christie, who's best known for her role on HBO's Game of Thrones. Here's the official press release from StarWars.com, and then I'll get you guys' thoughts. Uh, Lapita Nyong joins the recently announced cast of Star Wars Episode Seven. This year, her breathtaking, uh, her breakthrough performance in 12 Years a Slave earned her an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Gwendolyn Christie, currently starring in the hit television series Game of Thrones as Brienne of Tarth, has also been cast in the production. 
She can next be seen in The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I could not be more excited about Lupita and Gwendolyn joining the cast of Episode 7, says Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy. It's thrilling to see this extraordinarily talented ensemble taking shape. So... What are you guys thinking about these castings? I, I'm excited. And don't be so hard on yourself, Brian. Academy Award winning and Oscar winning. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, but yeah, that's great. I, I have not seen 12 Years a Slave yet, though I want to. It's I, really good. I, I make it a point to see all the best pictures every year. Yeah. But um, it's funny that uh, Chiwetel Ojiofor was uh, kind of rumored to be in Star Wars as well. That is crazy. And Lupita Nyong is the one who got the part in the film. I'm excited about. Oh God, I'm brain farting the name, but Brand of Tarth being in Star Wars. See, uh, is she in the first season or in the second season of Game of Thrones? Second, they, they introduce her in the second. See, I haven't gotten that far in the show. Yeah, yeah. you need to get on that. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Oh my God, now it. I'm forgetting this too, but she's replacing someone in the Hunger Games movies. She's she's a recast of someone else that played another character in the previous movies. I'm brain farting on this. Hopefully though. not Philip Seymour Hoffman. Not, yeah. She's not the new Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, but yeah, God, it's a big name actress too really? that she's replacing. I can't remember who it is. Hmm. So ah, I'm brain farting on that. I would know it, right? Yeah, she's a big name actress that's in the Hunger Games. I'll find out. Give me time. What's her real name? Uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, yes. Me Googling is always the best podcast. It is. Yeah, we take the time. You know, I'm surprised that there's not been uh, like one of these uh, eating contests that they call the Hunger Games yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a hot dog eating contest and like, welcome to the Hunger Games. And they all dress like the actual host from the Hunger Games, you know. Would you uh, watch that? Probably not. <laughs> Oh, she's replacing Lily Rabe from she played she was on American Horror Story. She was the Stevie Nicks witch. She, oh, okay. She plays yeah. the character in the first part of Mockingjay. Gotcha. Okay, but not in the next. All right. So uh, more Star Wars news, guys. I can't stop with the Star Wars news. I got I got a shit ton of it. So we were told by Kathleen Kennedy a while back uh, what was considered canon now that they are going to be filming new Star Wars films. The expanded universe is not canon, but the six Star Wars films, the animated Clone Wars TV show, and the upcoming films, and Rebels, the animated TV show, are canon. But now after hearing this bit of news, I may have to start subscribing to Star Wars Insider, the magazine. Apparently each month, exclusive... New Star Wars stories are in the magazine, and beginning with a recent issue, those stories are officially part of the canon. Wow. Do you know what issue that starts in? I don't. I'll look into that. Look into it. You can find more about uh, more about this at Star Wars Underworld, or if you want to subscribe, check out TitanMagazines.com, and you can get eight issues delivered directly to your door. It's 25% off the cover price, and you'll get a free action figure if you subscribe now. It's $47.99, and these are not thin magazines. These are, these are pretty thick. Yeah, you can get it digitally, too, for about the same price, $46.99 for a year digitally. Yeah, if you don't want the, all the paper in your home, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm a magazine hoarder a bit, so I've been trying to get a lot more of my magazines digitally. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I find that interesting. We might get some tips on. I, I wonder what kind of stories they are, though. Are they? Uh, I mean, is it going to be stuff that deals with Episode Seven, or is it going to be kind of like Rebels? Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe just minor, even alien characters. Yeah. Like, just perspectives from other people. I would imagine that there's going to be some teases to Episode 7. Yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, to get people to buy the magazine. Yeah, I'm sure all the good stuff they'll tell us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth, uh, I don't know if it's worth subscribing, but I don't know. I'd be interested to reading the stories. I used to get Star Wars Insider all the time. I used to be in the Star Wars fan club, and I still have stickers and patches from being in it when I was a little kid and everything. I was that douchebag that fucking just goes to Barnes and Nobles and picks it up and reads it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, last show, we talked about uh, the Godzilla director, Gareth Edwards, directing a Star Wars solo film. And then this week, they announced that the Chronicle director and future Fantastic Four movie director, Josh Trank, will be directing another of the Star Wars solo films. Uh, there is no writer attached, so that could mean that this is one of the movies that they rumored that Simon Kinberg or Lawrence Kasdan could write. Here's what Josh Trank had to say about getting the opportunity to direct a Star Wars film. The magic of the Star Wars universe defined my entire childhood. The opportunity to expand on, the, on that experience for the future generations is the most incredible dream of all time. So, oh, sorry. I thought there was more. No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. He's very short-spoken. So, yeah. I mean, who? I can't imagine any filmmaker around his age point that isn't inspired by Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the movie. Uh, inspired by Star Wars. Inspired by Lucas himself. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Do you guys uh, do you like Josh Trank's work? I mean, what's he done? Chronicle, really? Yeah, I haven't seen anything but that. I haven't even seen that yet. Really? You yeah. gotta see that. It's good. Yeah, the Blair Witch superhero movie, basically. Yeah, it's the yeah. best. It's the be- It's my favorite. Probably my favorite found footage film. Yeah, I can see that. I'm yeah. a big Cloverfield fan. I like Cloverfield a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, Cloverfield was good. I liked it. It's JJ. Yeah. Well, he executive produced. He didn't direct. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I did. I always thought he directed it. No, no. Wow. And I do a movie review podcast. You know, that's that's why they call us the leftovers. Yeah. We're, we don't know everything. I'm not even tasty enough to be a leftover. Oh, stop your bitch. <laughs> stop it. God, the only guy with a music drop is right, no. over here complaining. I, know, I, I don't have my own fucking music drop. <laughs> I taste old. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, freeze it, Frank. <laughs> oh, poor Frank. I'm going to I'm going to start no, I'm going to start playing some violin music. Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> Ungrateful. Un- oh, Frank. <laughs> Who else is on this show? Do we have anybody else in this fucking show? No. Not really. No, it's the Frank show. Yeah. Bull. I- I'm going to go pee and grab a beer. Might as well. Oh, you are? You are. It's the Frank show. Okay, you want me to... <laughs> oh, shit. I'll, no. I'll pause. We'll come back. Yeah, that's fine, All too. Right, pause. All right, so, uh, yeah, we took a break, but you guys don't know that because I just paused the recording, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm way more drunk after that break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last bit of Star Wars news. It's, uh, comes out, it comes from Latino Review. Uh, Latino Review got tipped off about some new rumors for episode seven, and here they are. Rumor number one. There will be a female villain. Over 50% sure that she's a Sith, and they say they'll follow up on this in later weeks. I like it. Yeah. Female villain. Yeah, good stuff. They need that. All right. 
Rumor two, despite having 30 years after Jedi to set one up, there is no New Republic at the start of episode seven. Makes sense. Yeah, very makes very much sense, and I like that direction. Yeah, so. they suck. They can't get their shit together. Exactly. Number three, Boba Fett similar armor is around. Probably not for the man himself. Mandalorians, clone drama, still unclear on a plot, character connection. Yeah, that's I'm I'm a little iffy on that. I can't imagine that they're going to carry on too much um, more of that storyline with the clone drama. Right. Yeah, I feel like they're going to put the kibosh on that. That's too prequel, prequely. We could see some Mandalorians, though, in the film. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, John Boyega isn't a Jedi or a Padawan at the beginning of the movie. He's the one that has the story arc that brings him into the Star Wars greater universe. It has echoes of Luke's arc in A New Hope. <laughs> so that's the final rumor out of Latino Review. So that, that stuff's probably all true. According yeah. to him, they're right on target a lot of times. Most of the time they are. Yeah. Most of the time they are. So that's our Star Wars news for this week. I'm sure next week we'll probably have more Star Wars news. It's, it's all EU, but isn't Mandalorian even further back in time than the Old Republic? They're, aren't they in the Clone Wars? I thought it was all pre. Am I wrong about that? They're in it a little bit, but I thought like the the height of them was all pre. Google that shit before we move on. Yeah. I'll pause again. Yeah. Okay, what do we what did we find out, Jake? Oh man, we didn't find out. We found <laughs> I just jumped into a big wormhole finding out all kinds of history about the Mandalorians. <laughs> They're still around now. They were around way back then. It's it's all EU. None of it fucking matters. Whatever they tell us now is what matters. Yeah, fair enough. All right, <laughs> let's move on to some Marvel news. Yeah, we definitely need a uh, Star Wars news audio drop, don't yeah. we? Darth Vader fucking rapping. <laughs> 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 all right, so Doctor Strange has its director, and uh, the director is Scott Derrickson, who's best known for Sinister and The Day the Earth Stood Still. Scott Derrickson had tweeted, my next movie will be strange, and was holding up a Doctor Strange comic book. Uh, the speculation is that this is the movie that they're going to release May 5th, 2017. So, got a few years on that one, then. Yeah. Whoa, right? This is a, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm excited. Doctor Strange? Yeah, by, like, a horror director. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's Marvel, thinking outside the box again. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Doctor Strange is going to be scary and creepy. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean, very well could be. That's all he's done, really. And he's doing, isn't, I think Scott Derrickson is involved in the new Eric Bana movie where he's playing like a cop and there's like, it's based on inspired by true events and there's like, uh, demons and shit like in his house or something. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've so. seen clips for that. Oh, so. man. Yeah. I'm more hyped for the Doctor Strange movie than I was before this news. Yeah. And I was pretty hyped. Cool. Yeah. Very rare do you like any news that comes out, Jake. So this is. Yeah, I Tupperware this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, there are also rumors of who Marvel is looking at to be the next Doctor Strange. Now, past rumors, they've included Mads Mickelson, you know, of Hannibal, Johnny Depp, Joseph Gordon Levitt, and Adrian Brody. But now, Badass Digest, they, claims, they claim that they are hearing that Marvel is interested in the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars and Oscar winner for Best Supporting Actor in Dallas Buyers Club, Mr. Jared Leto. 
So I Tupperware that too. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Apparently, the Doctor Strange movie is going to be fucking great, right? That's if they get him. Oh man! Because uh, he just doesn't seem like the type of actor that would do this kind of movie. I mean, doing the indie films like Dallas Buyers Club, you know, where he played a gay man with HIV, and then Chapter Twenty Seven, where he played John Lennon's killer, Mark David Chapman. You know, this guy is like. He's a serious actor. You can say whatever you want to about fucking uh, uh, my so-called life and all that bullshit. Yeah. He's a serious actor. He put on a ton of weight to play Mark David Chapman in, in, in Chapter 27, which I saw, which was a really good movie. I mean, this is exactly why I Tupperware it. And then he's also – he's a method actor in my opinion. And then he all the weight loss that he, that he did for the uh, Dallas Buyers Club, such a small part in that film, but he knocked it out of the ballpark. Very good, very deserving of win- of of winning that award. Yeah. Oh man, I hope they get him. Give him whatever money he wants. I say. I agree. You sign him for a multi pitcher deal too. However much money he wants. Uh, but then last night I read that Deadline is reporting that there are two more names in the hat now. Uh, Tom Hardy and Benedict Cumberbatch are rumored on Marvel's wish list as Doctor Strange. Yeah. Meh, I'm both of those. If you can't get Leto, get an unknown, or a relatively unknown, I think, at that point. Yeah, I think uh, Jared Leto, he's like my first choice, absolutely. Yeah. Like some of, A lot of those other names you said before you said that, I, I like tossed mo- most of those. Like Johnny Depp, I tossed that as Doctor Strange, right? Oh, God, he needs this, though. Oh, I tossed that so much. I, I toss it, too, but I'm saying he needs this. Yeah. He needs this. Yeah, please no. Tim Burton has to have another movie. He has to be busy. I mean, look at look at Johnny Depp in the last couple movies. We had Lone Ranger, yeah. which I enjoyed, but it it bombed. Yeah. And then Transcendence, another, <laughs> another bomb. <laughs> it was a huge bomb. I mean, you know, I mean, he needs this. Yeah. Uh, we don't, though. I don't need it. No, I want Jared Leto. <laughs> Everything of his is so over the top. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's Johnny Depp movies that I adore. Like Donnie I, Brasco. Yeah, Fear and Loathing. I'm Blo- a, Blow. Yeah, I'm a huge Ed Wood fan, and that's even... Secret Window was really good, too. Secret Window. I love Secret Window. Huge fan of that. Yeah, Johnny Depp, man. He's just... I don't know. I think he's kind of like pushed himself into being like this typecast character now where it's like everybody expects him to be Johnny uh, Jack Sparrow yeah and that's not what I want from him anymore I mean you had an actor like I mentioned like um, uh, Dallas Buyers Club uh, Matthew McConaughey yeah Matthew McConaughey just as big a star as Johnny Depp in my opinion who was kind of like you know, everybody was like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. You know, yeah. they kind of typecast him into that type of character, and then they typecast him in, you know, these rom-coms. And then he's like, okay, I, I've got to find something different. i got to be taken seriously. And so he does Dallas Buyers Club, fantastic movie. And then he does uh, the character he did in Wolf of Wall Street, and it, amazing. Now he's teaming up with Christopher Nolan. I mean, he's taken on all these roles that Johnny Depp is dreaming about. Oh, definitely. And it's because Johnny Depp won't take a step back and do something maybe a little bit more indie that people will appreciate. Yeah, and you can do both. You can accept what you were and still be something new. 
I mean, Matthew right. McConaughey, even when he was accepting his Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, responded with, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, so. Embrace it. Exactly, exactly. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Johnny Depp is just so tired, right? Yeah. Oof. I'm over him, man. Yeah. He needs to reinvent himself just like McConaughey. Yeah. He's he's on the same level of, as Jim Carrey at this point. Almost. Oh, that's sad to say. I just don't want to see him make another movie and dig the hole deeper because I mean it's right now it's it's, it's he's dug himself into yeah. a hole. Transcendence is Johnny Depp's number twenty three, basically. You know. Yeah. No. Agree. Agree. Yeah. I agree. That is that is uh, definitely a good point. And do can we all agree that? Okay, I, I'm off topic. Sorry. Jerry Bruckheimer's not coming back to do uh, Pirates of the Caribbean five, right? Nah. Who care? I don't care. That franchise. I think Jerry Bruckheimer and Disney are kind of done. That relationship's over. Yeah. I Tupperware Pirates 1 and toss every other one. Oh, I enjoyed Pirates 2. I did. Pirates 2. I Don't even get me started. I'll rant on Pirates 2. I loved right. Pirates 2. <laughs> it was an insult to your intelligence. It was so horrible. Well, I'm, I'm a leftover. I don't have much to begin with. Oh, my God. It's got the cliffhanger where whether or not Johnny Depp's alive or not. What stuck out to me was, like, the action scenes in that movie. That's what I really enjoyed was, like, the choreography of the action scenes. Like, that's what I really liked about that movie. It was really fun. And like when they were on the, it was that movie where they the were wheels the, and everything, the wheels and the yeah. stilts and stuff like that. That's what really sticks out to me. So maybe if I watched it again, I, but th- that, those are the scenes that I really, enjoyed. I always said it was three clever action sequences wrapped around a bunch of crap. See that. I think that's what I took away from it was those action sequences. And then, yeah. So for me, pirates of the Caribbean is like the matrix. And I know that they didn't intend to have the matrix sequels. It was just supposed to be one movie, but still, I mean, they should have just stopped with one. That's a perfect comparison. Um, I mean, they didn't expect pirates of the Caribbean, the movie based off the, the Disney ride to be as big box office as they did. And then all of a sudden it's this huge fucking world, the mythology of pirates of the Caribbean. What other rides could you turn into a movie? <laughs> they tried to do other rides. They, they did that. <laughs> really? That haunted mansion. Eddie oh, Murphy oh, movie. They did. That movie came out as a direct result of pirates right. of the Caribbean being <clears throat> right. such a smash hit. I always joked about that too. Like where's, where's Mr. Toad's wild ride? The movie <laughs> right. in 3d, you know? Yeah. Oh, didn't the, oh, nightmare! It's Space Mountain, the movie. Yeah, Space Mountain, the movie. They could do. Uh, I, isn't the 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 teacup right? Isn't that Downton Abbey? I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> that that was funny. Um, let's see here. Uh, where are we? So yeah, um, last week we talked about Josh Brolin uh, being cast as Thanos, and I talked about his limited role in each of the films. This week we learned from the Vulture that Thanos will be, quote, briefly glimpsed in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he apparently shows up mostly in hologram form. He'll make a personal appearance in the films to Ronan the Accuser and Nebula, and there might be some scenes of Gamora possibly flashing back and thinking about him, uh, possibly their, quote, unquote, father-daughter relationship, maybe some scenes of her growing up with Thanos. Gamora? Yes. Okay. I thought Nebula was the Thanos. They daughter. both are. They oh, both okay. were. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Gamora okay. was also trained by him. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think she was related. I thought she was just. No, no, no. She's not related. She was like a stepdaughter. Gotcha. gotcha. They have that father-daughter relation. I'm sorry if I confused you there, but they have a. That's why I said quote unquote father-daughter gotcha. relationship. They're not blood related in any way. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Sorry to confuse you there. <laughs> 
Um, and then he will have even a smaller part in Age of Ultron. So we won't be seeing him a lot until they think Phase 3. And I like this. I think it keeps a lot of mystery behind him. Yeah. I was reading a lot about this today, too. Yeah. How um, it seems like Phase 3 is going to be the Infinity Gauntlet phase is what a lot of people are speculating now and how yeah. Avengers 3 is going to be so Infinity Gauntlet heavy. Right. Um, I actually saw – I followed Jim Starlin on Facebook. Yeah. And he was posting a lot of stuff today that was really um, – oh, shit. I took a picture of it because he was – he's the creator of Adam Warlock. And he right. was actually straight up talking about on his Facebook that they were going to be doing Adam Warlock stuff. And he actually confirmed that, that ca- the cocoon was Adam Warlock's cocoon. So he was tipped off that it was. Yes. Okay. Oh, let me get to that. Shit. Since it's his design, then that makes sense. Yeah, and he was talking – he's going to be doing more upcoming work with Marvel, and it seems like he's on good terms with Marvel again. But is that just an Easter egg for the fans, or are they actually going to have Adam Warlock in the films? Because, I mean, even in Thor, the first movie, when you're in uh, Odin's uh, treasure room, they show the actual Infinity Gauntlet and what clearly looks like the Infinity Gauntlet, and it has all the stones in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which never made sense to me now that they're using Infinity Stones and not Gems. And, like, each one looks totally different. You know, you've got the Tesseract, the the Ether, and, you know, even, like, uh, what people think is the Mind Gem that's in Loki's Scepter. Yeah, it is weird how, at the end of the day, it's all going to fit into the gauntlet. Yeah. Like, the actual physics and science behind but that. But what's the deal with showing it? the gauntlet in uh, Odin's treasure room? Do you think that they had this all fleshed out when they did that, or do you think this is something that came later? I think it's something that came later. I think the Infinity Gauntlet's always been a huge thing that a lot of people know about, and it was just more fan service then, and right. wish, and wishful thinking. Yeah. I'm sure they hoped that they would get to that. Because this is before Whedon really... Yes. Yeah. I'm sure they hoped, because they've been shopping that Infinity Gauntlet prop around all over the place forever, yeah. long before Whedon was there. Right. So, we've always known that it was going to come to this somehow. Yeah. Um, let's see here. There's another rumor. Oh, and I saw, I found that Jim Starlin stuff. Basically, he's just saying that he's honored that his creations may be big, heavily involved in a lot of the upcoming Marvel stuff. Because not only did he create Adam Warlock, but he created Thanos, too. Oh, yeah. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I hope that we get to see Adam Warlock in these films. Yeah. I, you know, I really thought we wouldn't, and now more think we will. Because of what you read? Well, and, and the cocoon being, being confirmed. confirmed and everything. Yeah. It's just like, you know. Yeah. It may take 10 years. But that's why I asked. I was like, does that cocoon necessarily mean that we're going to see him? Because we saw that gauntlet, and it clearly had the stone, the gems in it. Yeah. I tell you this much. Here's my prediction. If Guardians of the Galaxy makes records, we're 100% seeing an Adam Warlock movie. If Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't make records. You mean an Adam Warlock in a movie? In a movie. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's really, the whole goofy side of Marvel is at stake here a little bit. Everybody I'm talking to is excited to see it, though. Yeah. Even people that aren't even familiar with any of the characters of the comic, they're they're excited to see it. Yeah, it does have good buzz. Yeah, it does. So. 
Thoughts, Frank? <laughs> You're just like look, it's like it's like watching a tennis match. Play the, uh, play the cue. <laughs> oh, should I play the cue? But no, it was like I was watching him talk. He oh, was like sorry. watching us talk, and it was like he was watching a tennis match going back and forth. Just well, feel th- free to wave at us. Frank. No, no, no. It's okay. I just don't know that a bunch about Guardians of the Galaxy. I read the first uh, issue on oh. Comicsology. Yeah, but I haven't had time to get into it at all. And the only thing I know is what I've heard by listening to you guys and the trailers and stuff. Stop! Hammer time. Yeah. All right. I think we should stop this episode too. <laughs> oh man, I'm so hyped for fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, I've had Rocket Raccoon as my cover photo since the existence of cover photos. <laughs> Before we'd even know we'd even get to see this shit. I know you're a huge fan. You're, oh my you're the God. one that's looking forward to this most. So, like, if it does bomb, you're going to be the most disappointed. Oh, I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You guys ready to wrap up this episode and do uh, Edge of Tomorrow? Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, as all... Good leftovers say on their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later. And listen to our Edge of Tomorrow reveal. You got to. Say goodbye, Frank. Bye. Jeez. Jeez. And and follow us on Facebook if you're not. Yeah, and leave us an iTunes review. Leave us an iTunes review. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Preferably a good one. I'm sick of reading your fucking shitty ones. Yeah. I want some really (laughs) scathing one star ones, too, if you want. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Later. This episode is dedicated to Jay Piper, who did the show with us so many times. And uh, I'm going to miss having you in the studio and um, keeping my fingers crossed that maybe one day you'll be able to come back and do the show with us. So this episode is dedicated to Jason Piper. You're always going to be a leftover, man. We love you.